What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? I'm going to intro this show right now while Matt fixes my camera. And anyways, this episode is presented by Cosmic DG. We are going to talk about Cosmic DG in just a little bit, but we actually right now have a packed house. We've got a ton of people sitting behind me, as you can kind of see. And then uh, we have someone sitting on our interview couch. Evan and Ben are here. Matt's here. This is episode 156. We're hanging out for the MVP Open this week. We're insanely excited for it ton of cool things happening in the disc golf world tournaments being kind of the biggest one matt how you doing good and yeah for our post listening audience you always hear this you're like i'm glad i don't watch live it sounds like they have lots of problems well sometimes just computers do that needed a good old restart it and start like yeah. start shut it down turn it back on and for some reason the last couple of weeks have not been kind to <sighs> us which okay. is so funny because it's the couple of weeks that i've actually been able to be in studio and I brought all my bad karma with me. So okay. anyways, but we have a ton to talk about. Yes, we're doing a USDGC VIP giveaway tonight. Two tickets, USDGC. It's coming up. That's the first week of October. And are we talking like VIP level? Are we talking like gold level? VIP. VIP level tickets. What we just did for the MVP Open, we are doing for the uh, United States. Well, MVP was insider pass. VIP yeah. at USDGC. That's a lot of, yeah, that's, a, that's a, an acronym of an acronyms. Yeah. So. The VIP of the USDGC. <laughs> VIP of you. Okay, so if you get that, I think it's valued around like 200 bucks. Mm -hmm. Okay, not 1200 like we did with MVP. Oh, but well. We're going to do that. It's going to be some form of live call-in <laughs> to win that. There's going to be a quiz. If you'd like to win those tickets, just stick around. Okay. Just remember, if you guys have ever watched Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, it's going to be nothing like that. <laughs> exactly. That's what I wanted to do, but did we'll not do a spend special any episode. time doing that. Yeah. So anyways, I'm going to try to be Regis Filmin. Just kidding. That's going to be Evan's job. Ella Hansen's here. She just had a big win at the Disc Golf Pro Tour event. First ever for her. We'll be talking to her in a minute. Gannon, Cole, and I just heard, I think, Ezra walked in. Ezra Robinson. Mm -hmm. um, we, of course, do have Evan. Can you go to Evan, Ben? And if What's going on? You can on? go full screen if you want, Ben. No? Yeah. <laughs> ben and I are getting That's the new thumbnail. on this part of the desk. So. I, like, I like how you guys have a green screen in the office from the green screen. Yeah. It's you wonderful. I mean, like, can we put another picture on that? <laughs> yes, you can. It's hilarious. <laughs> okay. So everybody's here. The studio is super hot. Like, if someone looks at that thermostat, what does it say? 78, 80? What does it say up there behind you? Ezra, what does that thermostat say? I'm just curious because it's getting 79. I saw, the fan is pointing on the guests in the interview seat. So at least yeah. they get to have the fan. So really quick, before we get into all the serious talk about disc golf, Matt, you've had two people staying at your house this past week. Cole Rodal people and uncle Matt Gannon Burr. So Matt, <laughs> Matt is a father of four of his own boys and now has kind of adopted two this week. And I can just tell because all I see when I come down here is candy just candy literally every, that's everyone's just, just eating basically candy. Candy. that's just me we've got jolly ranchers we've got the best gummy worms in the world we've got sour patch okay right behind me i mean shoot getting excited here also this is all part of the intro depending when you listen to this you may have already missed it so go back and check or if you're hearing this live or the next day or the next day which a lot of our audience does September 13, Wednesday evening. I believe it's 8 30 PM. We are doing a special bonus episode that is bringing in former UFC fighter, Justin Wren. This guy has a foundation, or I shouldn't say a foundation organization. Uh, what is it? 501 C three. It's a nonprofit um, called fight for the forgotten. I believe it has something to do with the pygmy people uh, in Africa. And we have the Paul Macbeth Foundation. Paul Macbeth, we know him. He has doing course installations around the world. 
these two are collaborating with their organizations, foundations, and they have a special, special announcement for a big collaboration here on our show, September 13th. This will be the only place you hear about it live uh, with them. So that's really cool. Um, also, pre-order. If you're hearing this again, but you didn't click last time for the disc golf pins, do it now, please. It's in our description for this uh, podcast and YouTube, the mm -hmm. details. Click on the link. Pre-order, please. Show disc golf pins that our fans like the pins. Uh, disc golf pins is doing special things um, for all players. Mm -hmm. They have special Halloween ones coming out. They have special ones for coming for Ezra. Your brother's getting a special disc golf pin because he won the world championships. Yeah, I so like I mean, it's kind of a big deal. You, but that I mean, why else would you want to win a world championship? <laughs> I mean, you just so I can get a disc golf pin. Mm -hmm. But in all seriousness, disc golf pins are cool. It's a way to show support for your favorite players or things that have happened. And again, you're going to have special Halloween ones coming soon. You can go to discgolfpins.com. You could search for Nick and Matt on there and find the pre-order, or you can do it through our details. Please do that. I'm curious to check after tonight how many pre-orders are in. Um, we're excited to be working with Discord. Does Mando have a pin, right? No, we do not, but oh, that would be pretty cool. going to have to yeah, potentially. And, uh, so I'm going to put this all together is, look, you need a new bag, so go to discologydiscgolf.com and get yourself a new bag. We're going to actually have a discount code coming very soon for it. So can you get someone there just to grab the one of the bags off the couch or two of the bags? Yeah. On the couch over there behind the, the curtain, behind the curtain. Can you grab the uh, two different versions? Yeah, there's one. In, there's a blue and black one in a bag and then a colorful one. Wow. Intern please, Ben, please. you've been promoted. They're, they're now the intern. Yeah, they're now the interns. <laughs> ben, your face is yeah. so happy. Best day of my life. <laughs> so. We're going to do a quick little ad for them, but let me take this bag off. As in, like for our listening audience, he's showing a new bag that so Discology has. This that is we are the gonna actually Icon the bag. Course. This is their newest bag. It was on pre-order, but now they actually have them. This all extends That out. is a fire pattern. Yep. And it's actually a really, really cool red. It's got some orangish yellow. Show the other white. one. The one that has Ezra has. Ezra's not modeling those. He has nothing to do with this, but I think yeah. he liked it. I could tell by his face that he liked it. This is going to be my new bag. This is the OG V2 bag, and I'm pretty sure it's only listed at $89.99. Come on. And you cannot Ooh. beat that in a disc golf bag. I'm digging those colors. Dude. When we were picking out the colors, I went basic, yep. and now I'm like, shoot. Yep. I should have got one of yep. the little fancy ones. So this has an awesome blue color to it with almost like a pink kind of trim on it. I know it looks a little bit more red on coverage right now, but it's more of a pink. And uh, Ella, what do you think of this bag? No, don't, don't make her answer. It's not her colorway. The colors are good. Oh, you like the, the colors? colors are like the good. Colors. There you go. That's all I'll comment on. Oh, Perfect. Okay. Something happened, She's Ben. Young guns. How come? <laughs> <laughs> when you went to full screen on guest one, it did that. Yeah. It goes black. It's on guest two now, though. Okay. All right. She's young we can go back to guest two. us. Your guest two, I guess. Okay. Well, we can fix that. You're number one to us, though. When, when we get a conversation going, I'll fix that, Ben. Anyway, so Discology Bags, get yourself a disc golf pin with it, and then the Nick and Macho one, and then maybe we can all talk with them, and maybe we can get a Stab Mando one. But for the most part, get the Nick and Macho one. It's on pre-order right now. So. Absolutely. Okay, I think I might have already just fixed it, Ben. It's because we that. had to restart the computer, and everything was crazy. Um, tonight, I forgot to mention this. I, I said that Cole Rodolin is going to be in studio, or he is. But we had, and we announced this a while ago, a backyard barbecue tournament event. And 
it was invite only. We let some fans of the Nick and Matt show like say, hey, I'd like to come. And we picked some special people to come play that. We had disc Chris Clark, Matt Clark, his son uh, from discgolf.law flew in for this. I think he's quoted as saying this is one of like their favorite, most favorite disc golf tournament experiences ever. Sure oh, was. Okay, Evan, you think so too. So uh, we are going to interview the winner, and it's going to be no, well, it could be a surprise. Leave in the comment. Did I already say this? I said Cole. You did, you, you, I was just going to say, who do you think? Gannon Gan or Cole? Although your barbecue was the premier event of the weekend, there was also the Glitch World Championships, which I also I think is worth just saying who Which won, I also hold, heard not Cole won that, but not throwing a glitch. <laughs> yeah, you're throwing East. a, Cole was throwing a DGA gum, gum putt, I believe. All right. So. Yeah, I totally threw a DJ. Cole also <laughs> won the Glitch World Championships. Which he cheated. I'm kidding. It's on, it's on record. He cheated. All right. So we will be interviewing him about that as well. But <laughs> I was messing with you, Nick. I'm sorry. But, and so I just want to say, first of all, in a wrap up of the Backyard Barbecue Tournament, we have plans to do this again. There was Nick and Matt show trivia that my brother put on. I didn't even win that. I didn't know all the answers. But it was a good time. It actually played out way better than I thought. Gannon Burr said it was probably his favorite event of the whole year so far. But that's probably a lie. But he's nice. He's nice enough. He's staying here at my house. What is he yeah, supposed to say? Exactly. <laughs> I aced. Can we just? Did you? I, yes. Yeah. I, I aced on, on the Glitch World Championship. Oh, Glitch World Championship. You had the first ever ace at the Glitch World Championship. First and only. Sure was. I was there to witness it. So you're welcome, Ben. It was a fantastic Evan shot. Kearns, just the witness dead now? Straight. That's okay. My, that's my first tournament. Ace I've ever witnessed. It, blue. <laughs> wrapping up the Glitch World Championships, Landon Brooks, 12-year-old disc golfer, MVP sponsored disc golfer, came out and shot only two behind Cole. I think one behind no, Gannon. No, Tide Gannon. Tide Gannon. Gannon beat James, beat Simon with a glitch only round. So that was in fa fantastic. Shout out to him. All right. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Ella, are you ready? She's always yeah, ready. ready. All right, here we go. Oh, nice. She's ready. She's got the microphone and everything. So, all right, here we go. Here's the intro music for Ella. Winner of the Disc Mania Open up in Canada. Yeah. Ella Hansen. What's Absolutely. Up? Hey. How's we're it going? Good. Hey, I just realized I don't I didn't have music for you. That's okay. We we heard the music in studio, yeah. but it wasn't playing for everybody else. So, we're like jiving. Um so this is the big storyline. Um your first disc golf pro tour win. Yeah. Is this, I mean, since you came into disc golf, we interviewed you right. Like pretty much when you came into the sport, did you think it would happen quicker or did, did you not know if it would ever happen or like, I, I what was your thoughts? I mean, I didn't know if it would ever happen. I, I feel like, you know, this was like on the easier side <laughs> to be honest. Okay. You know, it was a small field. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah, it was a small field. I think that there were some like limitations with the event, but I was really happy to take down the win. It felt good. You know, I, I don't I wouldn't put it on the same level as obviously winning like a elite or higher event, but it still felt good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So do you feel like Okay. Yeah, you feel like you should have won this one. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> okay, that's kind of what I was saying. Well, I'm it's good undefeated when you feel in like Canada that. in three oh. tournaments now, so I think all the tournaments should be in Canada from now on. <laughs> and that's, Ella, that's going into the event, you were, you were the Canadian National Championship winner of last year, which was held partly on this course. Yep. Um, and then you see the field size. Going into this event, did you feel like it was 
a must win or did you feel this added pressure to get the victory or were you there just playing your game and seeing what, what happened? Um, I think a little bit of both. I felt like I, you know, I was the highest rated player in the field. I felt like I, I should probably win it. Um, but I also just, you know, I, I didn't want to put too much pressure on myself. Just try to keep playing good disc golf and see what happens. Yeah. So you're undefeated in Canada. <laughs> You've been in the sport now for a little while. Do you feel like your expectations, this is a weird question, that you feel like you should have won prior to this point at some point? Um, I mean, I definitely have had opportunities. Like, mm -hmm. I, I would be lying if I don't think about Waco often. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I think that it's kind of hard for me to gauge what my expectations should be, considering mm -hmm. I haven't, like, been playing for that long. And it's nice to like kind of have the context of like, okay, I've only actually been playing this sport for three and a half years. Um, but there's definitely times where I feel like I could be the best player in the field and I want to want to do that. <laughs> so, so in your mind, what's, what's holding back from that? Because we talk about disc golf and we talk about FPO, we talk about MPO and for a long time, we'd be like, Ella could definitely win this. Ella could definitely win this. Ella could definitely win this. <laughs> and that's, I'm not trying to be offensive here, but like, no. what do you think it is that's holding you back from like that level of where we see your potential? Um, I think I've definitely been working through a lot of like the mental stuff mm. and, and, you know, trying not to be paralyzed by fear, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> which like I, I would say I'm not anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, but definitely like my first few pro tour events, when I was playing better than I expected, it was like all of a sudden, Oh God, mm. what am I supposed to do? Like a little bit of, you know, imposter syndrome of like, am right. I really, do I deserve this? Am I actually good enough to be here? Um, so I feel like, like it's kind of a boring answer, but like just trusting the process and yeah. like building myself up, you know, skill wise and mental wise and strategy wise, just over time and, and, hoping and expecting that at some point it will all come together for yeah. a whole tournament. You, you, you talk about a few things that I can relate to in general, imposter syndrome, um, fear, anxiety, whatever. Right. And I can think back to, I think it was us women's. It might've been your first year yeah. or your first few events. You, you did show up on the lead card. Right. Yeah. And would you say that was the issue back then was like fear. Like, I oh think I, gosh, yeah. I, I'm pointing out like <laughs> negative things, but I feel like I remember you missing like short putt and yeah, I'm like, man, sure. I'm like, she hits those putts and she's the U S women's <laughs> champion. Like, so, okay. So, but you've come a far away from there. You feel like you yeah. now, that's not your thing now. Like being afraid. I mean, it definitely comes up okay. sometimes like, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to just manage emotions all the time, mm -hmm. but obviously like part of that is trying to, work through that and like bounce back from being stressed or being scared about missing something. Um, yeah. I mean, my confidence has definitely, you know, skyrocketed since then. And I think I've always had a good knack for like throwing Frisbees. Um, but I feel like my skill set has really, you know, grown and changed a lot. And since that tournament, and so how does a win like this in Canada, as much as you feel like it's something you should have won, and you <laughs> talked about the strength of the field, right, Evan? Yeah, good one. Good, good one. Uh, you've talked about that. So how does something like this, now you talked about your confidence level being like, you're like, now I have a lot of confidence. Mm -hmm. 
Are you unstoppable now? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll say in Canada yeah, you are. For all the, everyone else in FBO, yes, I'm unstoppable. Be scared of me. Boom. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, it's kind of it's not not linear. My dad used to say life is not linear, and I feel like that's like a really mm. good way to think yeah. about the world and just like you know, you can hope that everything is going to be building on previous stuff, like keeping that experience going, but that's not necessarily true about the world. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I just, I'm trying to keep my skills sharp and keep focusing and, and continuing to improve and not just being satisfied with where I'm at. Cause I, I really have a hunger to win and I, also want to beat Holland to the win. First win so. <laughs> She's getting close too. So yeah. you have a little rivalry like yeah. that going on, you and Holland. Have nice. you heard of our bet? Mm. I don't think so. Whoever wins the first elite or major gets to dye the other person's hair whatever color they want. So oh. high stakes, you know. Well, what yeah. color do you want to dye her hair? You don't know yet. I don't know yet. I okay. think it. I think I, it's got to be a feel thing. Got to be a feel <laughs> in thing in the yeah. moment. Yeah. How am I feeling? Yeah. What um? um what in your game, do you feel like you're missing to kind of take down that elite series event? Like, what do you feel like? Do you think it's more mental? Do you think it's actually something with your style of play? Anything like that? Um, I think it's really just consistency with putting. That's definitely my my weakness. Um, I feel like I can throw throw the disc just as good or better than most of the people in the field, and I think just there are some times where my putt feels great and easy and sometimes where it feels like there's no way I could make anything. So <laughs> just trying to stick more with the confidence and um, having a really, really confident and consistent tournament with putting. Yeah. I think that that should do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, we talk disc golf nonstop here at the Nick and Matt show, whether we're recording it or not. And then we talk disc golf because Gannon and Cole are staying. It's just nonstop disc golf talk. So topics come up. One of them being, and we have an opinion about FPO, but we are not FPO players. Uh, how FPO players throw. You throw extremely far. Like, I would dream of throwing as far as you. And I've been playing for 17 years. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, it's inspiring and awesome. You do it in a, I don't want to use the word graceful as to demonstrate like weak, but you do it in a non, like, it doesn't look power. Like you look at Eagle McMahon, right? Even in the, the playoff, it's, <laughs> he's ripping it. Am I wrong to say like, we don't see a lot of FPO players actually with that ripping force, right? Somehow you're accomplishing the distance, but like, what do you think that's about? Is that something you would strive to do? Like, Hey, I want to see if I can actually get more power. Like, could you throw farther than you do? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I could throw farther. Okay. I do kind of have a more controlled yeah. distance, I guess. Um, I try not to really throw anything more than like eighty percent power okay. max in tournaments and stuff, just mm -hmm. to stay controlled. Um, but yeah, I, f I think, you know, I could I could talk for a long time actually about form, especially with FBO players. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that coming from ultimate i feel like i had a good advantage that way of just knowing how to use my body and use my core and my lower body to generate power um and so i think that's where a lot of my distance comes from um like i think my arm speed is not actually that high relative mm -hmm. to some of the other like distance throwing fpo players um 
so I, I yeah i think a lot of my power just comes from my body and mm -hmm. yeah I, I i feel like i have a fairly efficient swing um and that's like the number one thing kind of that i see with other fpo players who don't have the distance is just inconsistent like uh inefficient swings that just you know not going in a straight line rounding all sorts of fun stuff like that <laughs> so just form issues in general you would say right yeah i think so i mean i think the fpo field as a whole is like it's growing really fast and i i think that if you just if you want to do your own research and just look at like what the cut line for world mm. was two or three years ago and what <clears throat> the rating at the cut line is was this year i think that'll just show you how the field is growing um but i think that a lot of people have gotten away with having that controlled wonky ish form. Um, and I think that, you know, I just see a lot. I think there's a lot of people who have way more potential and distance wise. And mm. um, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. We could do a whole podcast on your thoughts on <laughs> you were talking about form and FPO. Mm -hmm. And I think we asked you a question when was it? I've done multiple shows, DGN here, there, when you were coming into the sport. And I think it was on this platform. I think it was Nick and Matt's show. We asked the question, did you see an opportunity in FPO? Like when you came in, you're like, where I'm coming from, like we're doing X, Y, Z. And I feel like it's not that hard to achieve it here. Seems like the field, and I'll just say it, you don't have to. It seems like the field was kind of on the weaker side. Like it was easy to perform at a high level. D you're saying it's changed now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that like, yeah, if you just look at like me and Holland and, you know, I came from throwing a background of throwing Frisbees, but Holland had not thrown a Frisbee before or a disc, whatever you wow. want to say, yeah. before like January 2020, I think is when she started. So obviously, like both of us have strong athletic backgrounds, but, you know, I, I would say that having two players like come into the sport and make an impact within a year of just playing the sport, I think, you know, kind of proves that point of like yeah yes not that's not to say that there aren't really good players in the fpo field just that like yeah i think depth wise it's not even close to what the potential could be are there more you came from ultimate you were successful there are there more ultimate players who are going to make the jump over the years and like how many have you seen since like your time um there are definitely some I would say it's kind of a challenge because like for me, I haven't played competitive ultimate mm -hmm. in two years. Um, so you kind of can't really do both at the same time. Right. And I think a lot of people are really attached to playing uh -huh. ultimate, which is very fair. I, I, yeah, I love ultimate. Sure. I miss playing yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I think there might be some i think if, i think the ultimate people are really kind of in in their own well vibes, so are disc know? golfers they're probably That's like true. our disc golfers coming over to ultimate they're like yeah. no they really like disc golf so my question yeah. would be from your opinion <laughs> you've done both at a high level do you feel like if ultimate players started playing disc golf they'd be like yeah i actually like this better <laughs> do you think that would happen some, yeah i mean okay. that, that that's what happened to me right, right. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what happened to me i thought disc golf was so dumb for so long <laughs> I and this. i think that that is a sentiment that was shared by like 95 percent of yes. ultimate players and like i think a lot of disc golf yep. feel that way about <laughs> ultimate players you it's know? funny so i um, kind of well, have, i was gonna say funny enough it's not really about the players it's more about the sport like i think ultimate's <laughs> actually really fun i never played it competitively i just you know 
not even really intramurally, but it was more people were like, hey, do you want to go and play Ultimate Frisbee? I'm like, yeah, let's go have some fun. Just run up and down the field throwing a Frisbee at each other. Sounds good. I'm in. But it's funny because like I always looked at Ultimate that way where I was like, hey, it's a cool sport. There's obviously incredible athletes that are playing that sport and are really good at it. And it's always funny because then I hear like Ultimate Frisbee players go and look at disc golf and look at athletes around the world just in general. No one. There are so many people who still don't want to call disc golf a sport or anything like that. I'm like, why? We just have a different sport. And so it's always just, you know, funny to me. I want to kind of come up with like a a fun, quick game with this. Ella, you're the captain of two teams, (laughs) a team that's all ultimate players and a team that's all disc golfers. And they play each sport, which I don't know how the competition would work. It's kind of all hypothetical. Who would be better at switching sports? Your your pick of ultimate players or your pick of disc golfers? How much time do I get to train them? <laughs> oh, oh, that's a good question. Let's, go let's say months. two. How long? Six, six months. months. Okay, six months. Yeah, fair. Uh, if I got to like, if I got to pick the disc golfers, then yes. I'd say the disc golfers playing ultimate. But if I, if it was just random, then the other way around. Three players. Like who would, who get, would you like, pick? Like Paige and Kevin Jones. Oh snap. And I don't know, like Luke Sampson or somebody big. <laughs> Dude, like what about like James Conrad? Is that out? I don't even know. I, I got it. I just don't know if he has the aggression factor. Oh. <laughs> he can throw a disc real good. I've seen him kick stumps That's very true. hard in That's his true. career. I'm sure he could <laughs> use know, the same energy. He's full of rage. He's he tapped that, that tree the, so hard. He just tapped the tree. <laughs> That's so funny. Those <laughs> compilations crack yeah. me well, up. Ella, I'm not, uh, I, I don't know a ton about ultimate history. I know you were accomplished in ultimate, but if you want to maybe just take 30 seconds to uh, <laughs> tell the disc golf fans here, what are some of your accomplishments in ultimate or some of the titles you have or your team has just so we kind of have an idea. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. I was, a I was an alternate for the under 20 national team, won two youth national championships, one college national championship and two under 24 world championships with team USA one as a captain. So I, I had some good stuff in my, in my ultimate career. That's for sure. All right. So you finally won a disc golf pro tour event. You, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You feel like you kind of should have won it. it, Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But it must be at least something for you or, or like where, like where do you rate it then? Like for you, like one out of 10, I know it's hard to do number system, but like, (laughs) like how do you value this win? Like it's important, but like how important? I mean, like, yeah, I would agree. It's like the biggest win of my career so far, but I've only won like six, maybe tournaments before this. So, um, yeah, I mean, so is this the strongest field you've won in? Mm. (laughs) Interesting. I don't know. Okay. I don't know, actually. Maybe. It's a, it's a good we thing need, we have a we stat guy yeah. who yeah. can yeah. actually look that up. Strength of the field. All right. I'm on my laptop here. The screen's smaller. <laughs> I did have it pulled up all your wins, the size of the field, the Whoa. average ratings, all that jazz. Come on. I'm looking for it right now. Awesome. So it might be okay, a second. That's okay. Yeah. It can take can a second. Stall. What's uh Oh, I found it. Oh, look at this. Okay. Go that ahead. was good timing. Go ahead. Perfect. <laughs> um, so uh, this one, field size is seven. You've had a few that are smaller, the SeaTac Turkey Toss and XC tier and a, a flex start that only had three. Uh, besides that, this would be tied. The average rating of the field, though, it looks like it's the th- second highest after that flex start being the highest. So other than that, wow, um, 905.8. I think the flex start, I was the only one playing. 
I I have three three players here. So, okay, maybe three. Highest yeah. strength of field, though. No. <laughs> so three players. I mean, and when the less players yeah, okay. you have, the more your rating factors into the average rating. Sure, yeah. So it's not the average rating of everyone else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, average rating at nine oh five, which you know, give or take, you know what that is. But um, you've won more than a few three round events too. So I know there. I said a few flex starts. Um, let's see if I can pull anything else. But while while he's doing that. Why do you think the field was small? Is it because travel to Canada, it's proximity to the playoffs and worlds? Like, is it all of that or is there anything else that stands out? Um, I mean, yeah, I think there was just a lot of factors that kind of negatively affected. I know that that the organizing folks were kind of, you know, understandably a little disappointed with field size, both for MPO and FPO. Um, but I think they did the best with <laughs> the options that they had. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I've now been up to PEI past two years, and it's both times have been a great week. I love it. I'm I do not regret going, tra- like putting in a bunch of travel time this week after Worlds and then before this playoff. Um, I think yeah, hopefully more and more people keep coming up. Hopefully keep having the Silver Series or just Pro Tour events up in Canada. Um, they got a lot of cool people, good good fans up there. Good hand pies, good, good <laughs> favorite, hanging. Favorite hand pie. The, the yeah, chat asked actually what, asked what that. What flavor your favorite uh, one The PEI pasty. It's like uh, beef and gravy and ma- oh, mashed potatoes. Come on. See, I was thinking like so blueberry good. or apple. No, but that's like but... borderline like uh, chicken pot pie. Like yeah, They also have chicken pot pie. That oh, one's pretty man. good too. Like shepherd's pie. Thomas Gilbert's favorite is birthday cake, which is pretty what? good. I think what he had that? like six yesterday. It's like the wow. same thing. <laughs> It's like it's a pocket, like, but it's like cake. Yeah, there's like cake inside, and then like it's frosted <laughs> on top. Sprinkles. It's pretty good, but I don't think wow. I can eat six in one day. Okay. No, absolutely not. Um, what's uh, what's your favorite part about touring? You said you've been doing this for about three years now, so mm-hmm. and you kind of came right on to the competitive pro tour scene very quickly. What is your what's your favorite and what's your least favorite part about touring? Um, I mean, I like driving, so (laughs) besides like my body getting stiff, I, I kind of enjoy that aspect. Um, I think my least favorite, as much as I love the fans in the Midwest, being there for two months in the summer in full humidity and heat is not my favorite scheduling, to be honest. Um, that's probably the, the negative. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of the times when I explain what i do for a living to people they're like oh you must be so lonely and but you know that's not true there's i have so many friends <laughs> i got a lot of homies on tour and it's pretty cool to just have friends traveling around with you does anyone travel with you in the sense are you you're a van lifer yep. right do you have I'm someone that every so often van. okay yeah it's me and how van. about what have you found on the road there's so much exploring to be done hiking fishing whatever there's all the outdoor stuff and the scenery mm-hmm. But is there anything that you found that you like to do, like, I don't know, draw, like, <laughs> like I'm just making up things that you find, like, yeah. I can just do for myself alone or whatever, you know, like, I don't know. Is there yeah. anything you've discovered? Um, I mean, I've, I've been really into music for a while. So this year I upgraded my van, finally got 
I got a new guitar to bring on oh, tour. Sweet. So I play a lot of guitar. I have an um, acoustic down here. Could you play us something? Sure. Okay. Can hey Ev, uh, Ezra? Can you the guitar's right near the I'm piano? No, I don't know. We'll just figure something out. Like hot cross buns. Maybe? We won't even like hot put you on. Buns, you just yeah. like play while we talk. Like you okay, don't have great. to be like you know it doesn't have to be just like freebird. <laughs> well, well, guys, I need minutes. a little more planning. I'm no, I'm no Simon Lazat. I'll bring, I'll bring the piano. We'll do a little duet. I, yeah. There's probably guitar picks and all if you need them in this case. There's capo in there. I don't know what the tune is though. You might have yeah. to do a little tune we'll on it. Figure it out. We'll figure it out. I think the... we did this to Corey Ellis. Yeah, we, we were like, Corey, is that yeah. a guitar We're behind you? Be yeah. Killing. No, there's no, this is no competition. Ben, can you hey, hold can you the, hold the, the mic microphone for her, please? And when, when she figures it out, you can just hold it up. It's probably out of tune. Yeah, you can give it a little tune job. Okay, while she's doing the tuning, um, let's see. Ooh, that's a weird sound to give everybody. Did you hear that? Yeah, the, a little <laughs> static. Static. Okay, um, I'll say it again. If you got to this part, pre-order the Nick and Matt show pens. We really appreciate it. It's in our details and descriptions. Um, some conversations that are coming up later, which you guys might be like, "Are you kidding me?" But the goat conversation will come up. <laughs> The youngins here have an opinion on it. Also, the quote from Aaron Gossage as Maple Hill is the worst course on tour. That will come up again. We actually have some players uh, going through locally now, like from tour to locally here to playing it. And we're going to get their reaction to that take. Um, and also, I mentioned the Backyard Barbecue Tournament. Bodanza Disc Golf. Shout out to another uh, media creator on YouTube and does a fantastic thing over there go follow him if you're not if you are of course you are but he videoed his experience at our backyard barbecue tournament so if you want to see that follow bedanza disc golf you'll be able to see that that there and then finally this one we might just discuss it probably seems pretty obvious but i'm interested in the takes here are some silver events worth more than others and why like so ella just goes ah, it's a weak field so is that what makes the event worth it or is a silver event worth a silver event worth a silver event? Like, should she just be like, yep, it's just as good. Yeah. So we'll get to I, all I want to talk about that right now, but <laughs> yeah, we'll talk let, about it later. Let's, wait let's pull it up. Let's see. I, I feel like she's got a decent tune. Okay. Just hold that mic right up to it. Let me see if I can hear it. Yeah, right up there. You're you doing go. fantastic. Yeah, just so whatever, whatever you want. that is. You have like a song that you just know. Get a little close as you can, Ben. There you go. <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> Wonderful. They're, yeah, in studio, live, without any, you know, warning. That was, that was great. perfect. Who needs to throw out a first pitch when you can just play guitar <laughs> yeah, in front right? of people? Well, like that was. Yeah, wait, didn't you do that last stressful. year? Yeah. Yeah, sick. I've done a couple. Sick. Okay. Which, yeah, on you that. You throw a first pitch or first disc cannon. First disc or pitch? You want to just whip a disc at Have a catcher? Have you done a first pitch yet? Or you just no, first disc? Pitch. Ella, you when did you that, stood yeah. up for the first pitch, do you like it? I'm, I'm like stuttering <laughs> here trying to figure out how to say it. He just like, freezes. Like that's what that's my point right here though is like you get up there and you're just like I I forget how to throw a baseball. No, like or you just like tune everything out and you're like you just, just like I mean it's can't think like disc about golf, it. Kinda. You just gotta throw it. I, my whole strategy is it's better to be high than to spike it in the dirt. So it's it's a lot less embarrassing true. than if you just throw it straight into yeah. the ground. Yeah. My thoughts go to, you see all the bad bloopers. You're like, I can't be this bad blooper. And that's the pressure. Yeah, like, throwing a true. pitch is easy. And you just can't, you just can't think yeah. about it. You know? Yeah. 
I played a lot of baseball growing up, so I hope that that will stick with me forever. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Cool. All right. Well, Ella, we know you were up early. You had a you know a long weekend. You performed well. You won. You traveled down here. What was it like? Twelve hours? Fourteen? Eleven? Ten and a half? Ten? I guess so. Like yeah. That. Not oh. too bad, but yeah, I was told it was fourteen, which is why I thought it deterred people. But ten and a half? That's I think it was fourteen from uh, Vermont grouping. and then ten back here. Oh, okay. that makes more sense. True. Yeah. So gotcha. we don't want to keep you, but you can, you're free to relax, fall asleep on the couch, or whatever you cool. want. But like, you can also take off. We are really. Uh, appreciate to have you on the show tonight and yeah. we'll, you know, be rooting for you again. And maybe yeah. next time you won't say I should have won. You'll say like, that was hard. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be awesome. And we'll have you on again. Awesome. Thank uh, you best all. way for uh, people to support you. Yeah. You can buy my signature disc at this mania, the showstopper swirly S line FD. It's a pretty good disc. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at one throw Ella. You can buy my, signature bag on pound that's Woo! pre-orders are out now it's pretty sick if i do say so myself what's your color combination um it's like red and teal and yellow and navy blue sick it's pretty great um awesome. free ad for pound right there yeah. boom that's how it works yeah there is so, value to the nick and matt show oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> i just go yeah. support ella that's in fact that is a great bag yeah. but um we're glad to have you on and we'll be following you and we'll we'll catch up another time thank you thank you thanks awesome all right everybody ella. feel free to just sit there and play yeah. the guitar the whole night i'm just kidding get <laughs> all right what we're gonna actually do is swap out if she wants to go if she does want to play the guitar swap out what we'll do is Bring over the other three. There's three here, right? Three other disc golfers. Yeah, we have on the now winner Hello. of the oh, backyard barbecue. Watch out. Yes, You're standing in front of the camera. Ann and Burr, the backyard barbecue. <laughs> actually, who are? and Burr. All right. Who got the Sour Patch? <sighs> Let me get a couple of those, please. Okay. So, this should actually be the music we play for this part. Welcome to the Nick okay. and Show. So, they Hold get some hype music. Ezra Robinson. Yeah, there you at go. shooting guard. <laughs> you guys feel like what I should be doing right now. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. At yeah. shooting guard. Cole Actually, I don't know. All three of them are like centers yeah. in any high school basketball game. No, Gannon, Gannon you're the center. <laughs> he's literally in the I'm, center. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a shooting guard. <clears throat> I'm a shooting guard. I'm okay, he's like that classic, just like tall guy you get a face. What I'm gonna do while while we get ready to interview them, and I just realized I had to restart my computer earlier, so I'm gonna get this pulled up. We're going to go ahead with <laughs> these guys right. just getting lined up right now. We're going to go ahead and do. Can you go to the live phone call, uh, Ben? If you'd like to win USDGC tickets, two VIP USDGC tickets, you need to call in right now and I will answer it immediately. And we're going to be quick on the screen if this turns out not to be good. But immediately you have to answer how many aces do I have? How many aces do I have the phone number is on That's the screen? That's our quiz question. That is. Yeah. The, no, we had different ones, dude. No, we struggled no. for forty-five minutes, and I said, no. "This is it. Here we go." I mean, I think that's a pretty good quiz. It's not that we're falling back to that. It's a we're good one. Two <laughs> we're giving two tickets away. Two tickets right here. This okay. is it. They get to bring a friend. Here's the oh, phone call. Okay, All right, it. let's see. Let's see if this is working. Hold on. Let's try it out here. Okay. How many? You aces should be able to hear us. How many? How many aces? Do I? Are you have? keeping it open ended, or is it like tournament only? Like no, real rounds. It's it has to be legit. Like it's not my backyard ace. It's first throw from a tee pad to a basket, no practice. 
in and you there you go you've got the number in your head already i have it in my head write it write it down i'm gonna show off screen so wait no don't show me go go to the boys again yeah. then okay yeah. this is how many everyone in the room now knows how many okay okay so now we have another <laughs> okay here we go you're on the call i think we could hear you so go ahead give us yeah. your answer 28 28 is not the correct answer we're gonna hang up thanks for calling okay so let's see oh we have another incoming call here we go okay you're on the nick and matt show if you can hear us give us what you think how many aces yo what's happening i'm going to say oh six aces six good guess not correct we'll, we'll start giving hints here in a little bit uh let's see if we can line up oh, there's another incoming call we're gonna keep bringing them in I feel all right like now that we're like we're if on you the can, match show it's almost like a live radio it is show live right radio like, welcome they can't hear over there yeah. without, without the headphones on um okay if you can hear us what's your answer for nick and matt show how many aces has matt got myself can you hear us i can hear that you're hearing us but do you hear us Yes. Okay. Awesome. Okay, I hear yes. How uh, many aces do I have? How many aces do you think I have? Six. Six. No, that is nope. incorrect. Thank you very much. Okay, we have another incoming call here. We're going to do this for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, trash. All right. How many aces do I have? <laughs> um... Four? Four is not correct. I'm going to give a hint here after this next one. I feel rude not saying, like, thank you for calling in. Yeah, thanks in, for calling. Man, no, this is real radio, bro. To everyone, thank you for calling in. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> Peace. Yeah. Um, how many aces do I have? Nine. Ladies ding, 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 and ding. gentlemen. So, let's go. Stay on the phone call here. I got to start declining all these other calls. All right. <laughs> Good person who called in the show. What is yeah, your name? What is your name? Ethan. Ethan. All right, Ethan. So you are going to send us a text message following this call, okay, to this phone number that you just called. And nobody else can fake okay. out who you are. I'm going to make sure, you know, that we actually get the right one here. So text me right now if you can. That way I know we're actually talking to the right person. <laughs> just send me a text. Say, hey, okay, this is Ethan with your last okay. name included. And then what we're going to do is we're going to hook you up with the event organizers for the USDGC, and we will get you the tickets, the VIP tickets to USDGC. Thank you to USDGC Done. for collaborating with us. And Ethan, uh, where are you from? Um, Louisiana, South Lu Louisiana. South Louisiana. All right. All right. So um, any big hurricanes coming? <laughs> None this year. We've been uh, pretty fortunate. They've gone all around us for the past few years. And that's why I asked, because I was down there for about a month doing storm restoration a year and a half ago. Louisiana is just like prime time hurricane. So glad they're going around you. And how long have you been playing disc golf? Uh, about 13 years now. Wow. Oh, awesome. And how oh, many aces do you have? One. One. Okay. Let's go. I'm yeah. so so happy you guessed nine. Was that random or do I look like a nine ace kind of guy? It was just random. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, less, than, less than one a it year. It was either right, seven or nine and I picked nine. Well, you got it, man. So I, I see that you're here in the, the group texting and I'm going to respond to that. So we have confirmation. Then what I'll do is at some point following the show, it might be a day or two, but I'll get you connected with the event organizers. All right. All right. Thank hey, you. Hey, and before Surprise you go, before you go, do we have, yeah. can you, 
why don't you throw on your headphones there? We'll put Cole's headphones on. You may have zero questions for Cole, and I'm putting you on the spot. But do you have any questions for a touring pro disc golfer at all? Anything that comes and stands out in your mind for Cole Rodolin? Or, or Gannon? For Cole? Bro. Yeah, Cole or Gannon. We'll give Cole him the headphones. Cole or Gannon. How, how hard was it starting so early? How like so was young. it starting so early? Give him, give him the microphone. Just give him the microphone. How was it starting so early? You mean as like a, a child? Yeah, like since they were both, I mean, they're both super young touring. Okay, okay so when you started young, how, how hard was disc golf for you when you started young? Um, I think it always depends on what your mindset is, because if you expect everything to be perfect, then you're going to be frustrated and throw it down the drain every single time. I think when you're young, it's easy. You either have no expectations for yourself or you have all the expectations for yourself. And so I feel like I didn't, I didn't feel like it was that difficult because I didn't have a lot of expectations for myself. So I was just doing the best I could. And, and it was, it was just a really fun time. Cool. And, uh, does Gannon have any thoughts before we let Ethan go? What was it like starting so early? You, you, we talked about this earlier. You're good at all sports. I was good at a couple sports, all um, sports. No. <laughs> I was actually decent at pretty much every, I, every sport I played, but, I was mainly in basketball, baseball, and disc golf, and then um, I played some high school basketball and didn't really love, like, the whole team aspect, and so, yeah, and disc golf just started probably at 10 years old, and I always kind of, yeah, I don't know, I always kind of told my mom, like, I hope I never get out of disc golf, because I loved it so much at the time, and then, obviously, I'm here now, so I've obviously still been in love with it, and um, I guess the only tough part was, like, in terms of just, like, my game, uh, like I had like a big growth spurt from like six foot to like six six, where uh, I actually didn't play too much disc golfing during this off during one of the off seasons, and I kind of lost my timing for a little bit because my like limbs got so much longer. So that's probably the toughest part. But yeah, that's it. Wow. First of all, thank you for your answers. But second of all, Ben, did you notice the buzzing went away? Do you hear the buzzing? Or is it just me? It went away. Whatever they did to their mic right then was perfect. Wonderful. I do not hear the buzzing. Okay, me neither. It's beautiful now. Something just stopped. Okay, Ethan, thank you very much for your call. Uh, I responded to you via text. We'll connect you soon. If you don't hear back, just bombard us, but you'll hear back because we got to get those tickets <laughs> to you. Thanks, Ethan. All right, thanks. All right, bye. Cool, everybody. We should try that more often. We, know, right? Actually, we have more giveaways to do soon. Uh, stay tuned for the special bonus episode I told you about September 18th, Paul Macbeth Foundation and the Fight for the Forgotten organization. Uh, that will be Wednesday night. We're going to give away a lot more stuff. I heard, yeah. I can't give spoilers there, but we're, we're so, going to uh, Young Guns on the couch right now. Just remember, Gannon, you are on screen full time. But so, we can go full screen too. Yeah, when we go full screen, all you guys are there. But uh, the the chat wants to know: Is Ezra throwing food on the floor? That's one question. Because <laughs> he keeps just whipping it. Um, you give him the mic. Let him answer, dude. That was a good idea. Overthrow no, was saying I to do confirm. Not waste food does not waste. My food. wife's on the couch. Is that cord really that short, or do we need extra? Oh, okay. Oh, you just <clears> it's wrapped a million times. Water. Sorry. Okay. Uh, that was a question. <laughs> who's taller out of this group who's taller that's pretty i think uh, obvious i got it <laughs> one other thing for the guys on the the couch i'll just say don't be afraid to like eat the mic not eat it like food but like get really close to the mic okay there you go
Um, here's the question of the night. And we'll let the chat chime in too here, but we got some good ones. Last night, I showed Gannon and Cole something I think they've never seen before, which was the 2004 MSDGC Disc Golf Competition. This is prior to Vibram Open, prior to Maple Hill Open, presented by Vibram, prior to MVP Open. It's the iterations of how we got to where we are today at the MVP Open. Um, and they saw this footage. Now, Steve Dodge created old schoolers, Steve Brinster, uh, uh, Ron Russell, and like a whole bunch of others like that. Jay Yeti, when he looked like a teenager. No, it was a while ago. What was your first reaction, Cole, or again, to seeing that footage? Like, what what was going through your head, like, as you watched? Because we were kind of laughing. What, what did you think? What was going through my head is, and I'm sorry. Get that microphone Just a little closer. It. Hello. Perfect. What was going through my head, and I'm sorry to anyone who believes this, is Ken Kalamo is not the GOAT. And. Because I was watching, we were watching Ron Russell, and I'm like, this dude's like 980 rated. And so I was like, <laughs> if he was considered like one of the GOATs back then, like. He had nobody to play against. Still so a really what? good disc golfer. Oh no! Can we, do we have the flame like the flame stuff? Can we get that? Going you got to go right back now? to like three or four up. But anyways, oh, we don't need to. So here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> That's our perfect. This title. is perfect. So, but in all seriousness, <laughs> you Ken, just made to be headlines clear. on our thumbnail. No, no, no. To be I love, clear, I love Ken. Yeah, I was that's just, just say. like that's just my my point of view. To be fair, Ken Climo was not in this video, right? So like. No, to be fair, it's not like, oh, we watched him and he, it looked like a joke. But what stood out to you about the competition that you were watching that made you think that? Like, what stood out to you about it that was like, that's, there's no way. They all had, like, really long, baggy clothes on. <laughs> so that's what it was. <laughs> Hold up. Combine, combine with the super whack form. Really just, like, it just made me feel like this is why people made fun of disc golf. <laughs> So, do you remember, and I don't remember who it was, they lined up facing away from the basket, right? Yes. Do you remember that? He wasn't even facing the basket. It was, um... Is that Brad Hammock? Isn't that no, you? No, uh, Ron Russell did it, oh, too. Yeah. It was like... He aimed towards the water on hole five. Remember that? He was aiming towards the water, and then he and just then turns 90 degrees turned, and, yeah. hey, makes his 10-foot putt, and he celebrated like hey, it was the world championship. But he made it. But, like, what else were we seeing that made you think that? The length of holes, right? Significantly different. Oh, well, <laughs> the one more thing I saw is like there was a couple holes they were playing that I still like know where they're at today and like they weren't even attempting to like try to go for the hole they kind of just like they'd break like a 480 foot par 4 and they wouldn't even like attempt to get a putt because like they like weren't good enough and they were just like I don't know a lot of bad shots were thrown that I was like that would never ever cut it today and like a couple of people threw where I was like like they teed off from like the super short tee, or I guess it's not, I guess it's the FPOT from for hole one, but like at that point, and it looked pretty calm. I feel like it's impossible not to clear the water. And one like dude in the pro division just threw it like in the middle of the pond on a cut roller. <laughs> and, like, and it's not like this was like the first round, like this was after round one, so this was like the lead card or something. <laughs> Ooh, I would I say know. DX Eagle. Says what DX Firebird, yeah. I don't know. But, uh, but the other people were getting them to flex out and everything, so it was just the worst shot ever. Okay, so here's a follow-up to that. I want to kind of help lead this. It's not a debate per se. You're just bringing your takes. But like, if you had the same disc and I look back and somehow we transported you back to that event and I, I could watch you in that footage, 
Are you saying the skill level of disc golfers has increased so much that even you back then would perform at a higher level? And I don't mean to make you sound cocky, but I'm just saying the skill level of players today. Yeah, I, I think if if you literally just took every player today and then just gave us the disc that they had back mm -hmm. then exactly, mm -hmm. I think I don't like. I think you're like middle of the road MPO players would win almost every single time against wow. the top competition back then. That's I think that's I don't know. I, I'm not here to bring my take I, right I now. 100, I 100% agree with everything. I, that's this young generation cocky. It's awesome. is, is a glitch, and I don't mean to like, you know, talk about non-sponsored players like companies here, but like in general, we just did glitch thing at Maple Hill. Like it, uh, the whole local scene, 180 of us went out and threw glitches. Cole, you happened to throw 13 down using a Frisbee more or less. Yeah. Um, do you feel like the glitch is even close to like what this, the same stuff they had back then? Or is it even like way better? Like I haven't, I haven't thrown a lot of what they were throwing back then, but I feel like it could, there could be some similarities. I think the glitch is probably like an evolved version of what okay. used to be, but yeah. Well, similar probably. I mean, you, okay. You still have to have like a crazy amount of touch and control to throw the glitch. Like it is a very difficult mm -hmm. disc to throw. And even sometimes during the round, when you are playing on a course, you're like, wow, I don't know how that came out good, but it just did. Because it, sometimes it, it just it just doesn't feel predictable to throw that hard with that such slow of a disc, as far as light of a disc as well. Um, so, I mean, like, the amount of control that it takes to be able to throw one of those discs really, really well consistently is very difficult. And But I also feel like the players of today are just... Sure, the players back then, like there, there was a lot less forehands back then. Like every every player's throwing harder nowadays, but I feel like you know a lot of us come from the roots of all of that, so we still know how to disc down. We still know how to throw touchy shots. Mm -hmm. We're just not forced to do that week in and week out because our courses are getting so long where we can throw as hard or as hard or far we want with a mid range or putter or a driver. Now you don't see a lot of touch shots on tour anymore, unless you see someone who just decides that their specialty is a backhand touch shot, which I prefer the backhand touch shot over just a pitch forehand. Um, but then Gannon would choose like a pitch forehand over a backhand touch shot. So I think it just comes down to player preference. But I think if you stuck today's field on the same courses back then, we would absolutely destroy the field just because of now we'd be forced to throw those touch shots, which means now it's, now it's a, it's a whole new game and it's not like we don't know how to throw those touch shots it's that you just don't see us really throwing them because we don't have the opportunities to um shout out to overthrow disc golf we usually shout them out I, I don't know who it is exactly it's probably josh but he says i can agree with that but it's tough to trash their form meaning the the history right back 20 years ago because form is a result of technology meaning they didn't have the same concept so it's not i think it's one of these things where we're saying yes we're better but like can, they didn't have the opportunity to be as I, I, good. They I didn't almost, have the opportunity to be as good today. So they only could do what they could do. You know I can I mean? almost agree to disagree with that. Cause I understand, okay. you know, like players trying to throw 400 feet back then versus 400 feet. Now the technology is definitely different, but Evan, maybe you can answer this, but a basketball hasn't changed since the inception of basketball very much. Right. The size, I don't think so, but uh, like the texture I'm sure has. So look at, you know, players forms when like Bob Cousy and Bill Russell were playing. It's just a bunch of, you know, weirdly athletic, very good athletes back in the day, but horrible form compared to the athletes that we have nowadays, their technology hasn't really changed, but the generation has changed. And, you know, the generations, I feel like kind of keep getting more and more athletic, but, um, 
Sorry, they're just bringing cookies so down here. The cookies always so I, I come when I, studio yeah. guests are here. I think I can kind of agree to disagree with that. So I if have, you I hand, else to add. yes, and I'll let you. Okay. If you handed Gannon or Cole, and I've actually observed this, that during non-tournament rounds, they're allowed to throw, I think, whatever they want. I don't know their contract exactly, but I would say Sonics in general. I have Sonics. I have throw Sonics. Are flippy. I would say pole cats are flippy. I have a lot of Innova because my kids are sponsored by Innova. And the chat is saying if you hand Gannon or Cole a flippy, flippy disc, which actually, Gannon, again, I saw you throw a 115 gram fairway driver in my backyard and he did incredible with it. So, I, and it's, it's a paper plate. So it's, it's an interesting thing. We'll never be able to actually be like, I want to see that competition, like bring Gannon back to 2004. But anyways, that's I saw cool. Gannon throw a sled super well. He just found it under <laughs> yeah, your one deck of those saucers and throws it. I'm Sledding like, saucers. man, you throw that a couple more times, and yeah, you could play disc golf with that. That's I think that's good, Cole. Or is that that's, you, Cole? I'm sorry. That's I mean, well, I mean, that was my exactly my point earlier. Like all of us can throw touchy shots. Like Gannon might not be super known for touchy backhands, but that doesn't mean he can't throw it. And of course, he wants to say something else. But um, I definitely, I definitely think also like. I don't see honestly any reason why the players back then, I don't really, I guess I don't really understand the technology argument for form because, you know, in my personal opinion, like I learned from Zoe and Zoe teaches like the most bare bone disc golf form like you can possibly have for beginners. And like, that's, that's how you teach a beginner of disc golf. That's how I learned is the way she taught me. And it was very simple. It was just very much like reach back and pull through and in your line of play. And it, and I just like, if they didn't know that, like the basics, then how did I get to where I am? Kind of a thing is like, I don't know. I, f I mean, sure. I watch YouTube videos. Sure. I study players, but I don't, I don't really don't see how they couldn't study other players or at least like understand. I don't know. It, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like I did anything too, too different than what I've been doing myself. So, so when do we, when do we make the cutoff of like, cause we, we kind of call the younger generation right now, the YouTube generation. When's the cutoff for that? Like when Paul was starting to get really good shoestrick, uh, Ricky, um, Nico, they didn't really have YouTube like we have today. So it's kind of the same. Everyone says you kind of learn from the generation before you. You guys are the up and coming generation of disc golf right now. So it's kind of like when in 2005 did all of a sudden we just switch from being the old generation to the new generation. I'm just kind of curious of, you know, I because I can agree. I think that every single player in the top 20 right now on the tour could go back. The holes were shorter back then. I think the courses were easier compared to what we have nowadays. I mean, we're playing the longest courses that we've ever seen on the disc golf pro tour in the last few years. So, yeah. all right, cool. I think it's also really important to lay the groundwork that like, we're not here without the pros of the, I mean, the seventies and eighties, but the pros of the nineties and early two thousands. And so it's not, I, I don't think I'm, I'm going to speak for uh, all everyone else in this room. I don't think anyone's being ungrateful to the past, but just on a pure, purely anal analyzing the form. And no, again, it's trashing think. them. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, ben, I, yeah. Ben, what, what's the chat have to say about Cole. this? Cole, Cole, do you remember when we grounded you from disc golf and you had, and you made a paper plate out of Frisbees? Do you remember when we did that? <laughs> That's your mom in the chat. Oh, your mom's asking when she's around you. I remember that. 
I absolutely do remember that. I don't know why I got grounded. I'm sure, <laughs> sure you, you that, don't. But I remember getting Karen, grounded from disc tell golf. us why. No. That was brutal. Um, that wow. Was that, that's you know, some, brutal. Some kids get their Xbox taken yeah. away and other things. Whoa. I got disc golf taken away. And that She feels bad now, I'm sure. So Maybe I, not. I think, so yeah, I took I took a paper, I, I taped a bunch of paper plates <laughs> together and started throwing outside. Honestly, it probably really helped my touch game. It <laughs> really, game. it I mean, if I hadn't gotten grounded from disc golf, maybe I would have learned how to throw a touchback in. So, okay. And then she says that you and Gannon actually throw super lightweight, understable discs at her house or something. So yes. with all the lightweight discs, drives her nuts. There you go. Um, just, just. Oh, by the way, Ezra's here, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Hi, guys. <laughs> Ezra. Hi, guys. Ezra here. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yes. Um, world championships are for chumps. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, back to what you were saying about uh, the form back then, you know, get closer. There it is. I was I was thinking through my head, and this might be a bad analogy, but like, <laughs> you know, the cavemen back in the day. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> keep it going. Keep it going. They had their brand new stone tires, right? Wheels. You know, their their wheels, stone? and they thought nope. their wheels were the best ever because it was the newest thing they had. And so it's not right for Gannon here to have nice brand new rubber tires to then trash old stone tires. Bars. When did... Because, like, you know, that's how it evolves. Like, they had what was good back then for them, and they were great with it. I mean, I'm sure they got around pretty good. And now we get around really good, even better, on rubber tires. Really, really quick. I mean, we're that's smart. We're not we're not talking about the 1970s disc golf. Like we're not talking where they're throwing whammos around everywhere. Okay, no, like, like we're talking 2004, 2005, the MSDGC. Uh, can we look if I'm up wrong, what but that was right around. I think like 2005 was the. There's T-Bird, a way to look that maybe? up. Uh, it's the 25 year anniversary for the T Bird, Eagle, and Leopard. When did like so? I'm gonna look this up. Math back. On. But so ninety eight. I'm curious. Like I'm pretty sure back then there. I'm sure there was star I'm looking, plastic. I'm looking champion plastic. Like they they I'm had not good at you ready. Thing. I'm just gonna yeah. read some from Innova because they were the big name then. Okay, monster beast monster? spider a beast dragon oh, archangel so arch archangel uh, archangel. <laughs> archangel. I said it three times. Archangel firebird. They had a firebird gator. What Valkyrie. And, and Which for a while was the longest distance eagle, disc. and they did have champion plastic like that came out. Yeah. Wolf, T Bird, first Banshee, Rhino, Nova, Cheetah. Again, I'm going back way far now. Polecats okay. and all that, but you heard all these first ones. They're like yeah. these are good legit. discs. We're not okay. we're not saying they're playing with DX leopards. If around you these gave courses. like if you if gave you Ganon a Firebird, these players just give him a, a Firebird only, even just a Firebird only. Yeah, would Didn't Ganon it? beat that 2004 MSDGC? Group? Yeah, I think he mops them. But this, yeah. <laughs> but why? That's an interesting question. The the why part, like well, why are okay, we so much so better now, today? All right, you also have to look at this. Like Ken Climo's up here, and I know I can't really show it. Yeah, Ken you Climo's are. right here. Everyone else back in that era, every so often someone would climb up here if they beat Climo, but they never stayed up there. Like Climo was nowhere always up here. Huh? I said nowhere close to him. He didn't win nine no. world championships in a row. That's what eight. I mean. Like oh my goodness, that's I what I mean. It's like he in a row was the best athlete at that time in disc golf far 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 superior than everyone else and then every so often like barry schultz i think has very unique and awesome form and made it work for the disc that he was throwing back then like barry schultz there were players who contended with him 
Oh, Barry like, is a lot closer than anyone else, though. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to say Barry's in the pool of. Ezra, no, no, no. I think. Yeah. I think you okay. kind of have like Climo. You have Barry. Like, and Barry then you have the up and coming players. Like you had the Felbergs. Hold kinda on. Kind of towards the end of Climo. Pause. Your brother just called you out. He said that's the analogy he went with. Faceplant. There you go. So what do you have to say about that's that? That's a great analogy. They're both round. <laughs> I mean. By the way, Ella Hansen's hanging out in studio. I'm sorry to throw her out there if she didn't want to be known that. But if you have any takes on this, Ella, you can just grab the microphone, whatever you want. You're what free to do. Oh, give her the we can't yeah, hear we, we can't hear you. Like we can hear you, but we can't hear you. I said, I said, uh, I think they're right, but I wouldn't say it. But also, Ooh. like, <laughs> it's the institutional say. knowledge. It's like how FPO is growing right now. Mm -hmm. That's what's happened in MPO. And so, like, the depth of field is, that, that's a real thing that mm -hmm. happens in sports. All right. Overthrows the one who keeps bringing the, the debate here. And honestly, good takes. They said this. You have to look at when they learned their form, what discs did they have? So, like, they were learning disc golf with different discs. Then the Firebird comes out brand how? new. It's like, well, how do we throw this? So, anyways, that's You're another thing. We can't hear you. How, however, <laughs> however, what is this? Is is this like? Is this the, if this is a goat debate? Then are then are we asking ourselves who was uh, better in their prime, Climo or Paul? Two different generations. Because yeah. because then it's yeah, like bro. because then if it, I don't know, I just feel like the goat has to be decided by you can who take was, me down, ben. Who was the best at? Who was the best ever? Who's the best ever to play the game? Not. Well, who had the best resources? The reason why we didn't who, go down the that best route with their resources is because we can't actually do that debate, and I don't want to do that debate here. Okay. But the, the debate about what you watched on MSDGC made you think that, and that's why this topic came up. It made you think that, like, it seems so apparent that like we're so much better today. So I think it's two generational conversations. But final I, take. I, I was gonna say like about the whole thing about like they learn their form with like the tools they had. I mean, I can agree, but then also, like, as new stuff came out, I mean, I don't even know, though, because it depends, like, when they started playing. If they started playing, you know, two years before that, they probably still had, I mean, what did you just list? Like, I mean, Firebird, Beast, Valkyrie, and, you know, I, like, I think you can adapt your form to, like, I mean, I do that all the time for myself. Like, I've I've never been good at Heiser out of the hand, so... Like I've I've adapted that way, and now I can throw a spike hyzer if I need to. But and when someone gave me a a, a a max, a star max, when I was first learning, like adapting my form didn't help me throw it farther. You know what I mean? So like it's yeah. it's it. I see both sides of it. I think. Let me see. Let me see your pendulum swing form, Gannon. Okay, <laughs> that's the Yo, whole. I got a form. nasty Felberg. All right, come on. Gannon could probably do it. We'll we'll see if we can do it in the backyard course. Okay, good. Unless anybody has burning, like I have to say something about that. We're moving on to another topic. Do we have any more Flintstones references? We good? <laughs> okay, here it is. Uh, Aaron Gossage was quoted. I think it was on Jomez coverage yeah. uh, this year, saying, I, "I'm not getting the quote right, probably, but Maple Hill is the worst course on tour." Um. You guys have been playing it multiple times this week. Cole, Gannon, you also played my backyard course, so it might make, you know, Maple look really good. I don't know. Or make my backyard look really good. But uh, Ezra, you've played it a few times? Maybe? I have never played it. Never? So he, you haven't even walked it? No, sir. Okay, so he hasn't even walked it. So now you're going to be either tainted or inspired by this conversation. <laughs> um, what do you think, Cole, Gannon, that take, like, we're open for it here. Like, what do you think? Okay. I, I told you this earlier, Matt. I think there's three holes that I really don't like on that course. What are and they? I also do not like the walkouts at all. But 
15 of the holes I think I love. And if the walkouts were a little bit better, I could definitely see it being higher on my list. But the three holes are hole six, hole 10, and hole 18. Okay. All right. Now, Two of those, absolutely. I can absolutely agree with hole 10. I think is what we're talking Maple Hill right now, right? Yes. For some odd reason in my head, I Maple thought we were still in the backyard course. This is like, MVP. Why are we even talking about this? MVP but, open. Okay. This is this week. So, so hole 10, I think is the most the like boring hole 10 yes. in all of disc golf right now. I, I just, I, I have don't... counterpoints, but I'll let you go on. What's that? <laughs> I have counterpoints, but I'm gonna let you finish. Okay. I said, we need to come back. I set this segment up for Evan on purpose. I was going to have them bring a take and I knew Evan would. Let's I, go. I have even told like Steve Dodge that I, I hate the new hole 18. I, I think that is also <sighs> well, a trash oh, hole. Yes. For like the la- the new 18 as in like the last four years, that changed. Not the new OB. Did you see the new OB? Okay. I have not it seen goes the new OB all yet, the way up to the corner. But I hate okay. the, I hate the drive. Well, just, let, let, I think the drive is trash. Bad. Oh, yeah, you hole don't six, like the T-pad of hole 18. I'll say this. Team. I actually really like hole six. I think it's very tough, but I also think it's like counter take hole. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you not like hole six? I don't like it because it's blind and the wall of trees right in front of the basket just makes it so unlucky and fair. Do you, do you try to turn before Wait, the V3? No, I just try to throw it you dead straight. straight. Okay. But if you pure that shot, you're left with the 35, 40 footer. Like the best shot that I can throw dead straight is uh, getting me an edge of circle, yeah. circle two putt. There's no possible way to park that hole or yeah, even get super close. Okay, you can I'm not park saying it, you can park it. It, but it takes an extreme, give it to Gannon. See, I would rather I would rather hold six, six on every single course than hold ten. Hold huh? six. What'd you say? Cole has no forehand and he knows it. <laughs> okay, so Gannon, hole six, good or bad? We don't need to like good. break it down. Good. Okay, good. I I have thrown forehands that, I mean, I think I've. I bullseye at least one of my last three rounds I played there, and I think I've birdied it two of my last three. So Okay, so let's just take it. He said there was three holes. We don't need to break down each hole. I'll let Evan respond to the general conversation. Move the basket. It's a great hole. Move the basket. It's a great hole. I just want to cut in really quick because a comment in the chat came up talking about, like, it's not just about the big distance, but I'm going back to our last conversation. This is the last (laughs) thing I'm going to say about it. We're talking about form, 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 form. Go back and look. We were just talking about it five minutes ago. Look at their putting form. Yeah, is atrocious compared to what putting form is nowadays, and you can't really blame all of the putter. I mean, they had AVRs, they had good putters back yeah, then. They weren't still trash, with the putters that, but they're they literally like like Gannon said earlier, they're ninety degrees facing the wrong yeah. way. If and you wondering see, why they're bad at putting, all right. If we're continuing very, this on, if so, you want to no, see? Um, nope, we're done. Ever go into ma- go into YouTube? <laughs> YouTube type two thousand four. MSDGC and, and look at one of the rounds. I don't know. We, I don't remember which round it was, but you can see what we're talking about. I'm glad that we can build off of past eras and it's really cool to see the evolution of the sport. Very cool. I, I think hole six is a, a really tough, demanding hole that puts fear into players' eyes. I mean, the, the OB is real tough with that rock while going in. The green's really tough to reach. It's a hard hole, but it can be got. I think it's great. If there's a lot of like kind of birdieable holes all in that stretch. Um, and so I think it's a good one to kind of be like, yeah, here's some real good teeth, uh, hole 10, the castle hole going uphill. Uh, there's some really cool data that we got. I think, uh, Doug from Statmanda was doing it last year. Shout out doing, Doug. Yeah. Right. Doug, he was doing the, uh, speed gun on there and that hole without being like a big distance hole, as you see, like hole 11, which is the big downhill one speed off your uh, drive is so important and just seeing the direct correlation of scores compared to how fast you threw off the tee is really cool to see and to get different skills be used. I mean, some courses you see distance being the one of the only factors. Maple Hill, it's not quite as much, 
Uh, but seeing that on there and seeing a direct correlation is really cool to see on a whole. So I like that. Uh, I also got Ben peeking at me. If Ben has anything interesting to say, um, I'll, Oh, go ahead. Um, stat Mando. Okay. Let's have good takes. Ben. <laughs> All right. Um, and then hole 18, I, Nick, I understand your thoughts on, on the T pad. That one is a little tough. Cause if it was in the old position, which is the current blue layout, mm-hmm. I do think it would be too easy. Um, I'm really excited for the OB that got implemented with the new bathrooms um, at um, the sap house. They had to put in a leech field and kind of a place for the bathrooms to go. Can we say I'm, you have one last. I was just going to say the OB is a lot more in off the sap house. So it's going to make uh, you can't really lay up up to the rock wall and have an easy approach right. in for par. You really got to lay up earlier and you have to have a shot that goes under the green or there's a really tight layup uh, area that's a little tougher to hit. No matter so what, I think that'll I mean, make it really interesting. Even if even still, though, where the drives are ending. Okay, so you made the second shot harder, but at the same time, can you still throw a putter even 200 feet up the fairway towards the drop zone area? Yeah, there like is. You a, could, it's right? probably a 15 foot wide peninsula to the drop zone area. Yeah, it's it's pretty tiny. Now, what about short of that? Like, if I if I want to throw a 180 foot shot to the green, do I have a pretty open landing zone for my second shot? Like my layup yeah. shot. Yeah, it's 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 in it's so we're just gonna watch people. More. We're just gonna watch people's third shot getting onto the green. Be I a think, little bit tougher than what it was in the past. Uh, my guess is I think more people are going to have to go for it because they're a little bit more back and you're going to see more um, swings. You're going to see more people going for it. You're going to see more OBs. It, I mean, maybe it's something that doesn't work out and it ends up being bad. Do you want to put a side bet on it? Let's put a side bet on this. Right. What, like, like what? It's good or bad? No, no, no. I, I want to know what the percentage <laughs> of people now that are going to go for oh, it. With the I, new OB. I honestly don't know how we're going to track this, but I would love to know how many people went for it on their second shot versus laid up on their second yeah, shot. Yeah, got to hire That's something someone. we we did in the past. And I was really excited yeah. about. We won't get into it this year. Um, I mean, maybe I don't know if we want to do average score. We might have to uh, well, figure about we this. Can, uh, re- honestly, we can look at. I guess no, you can't really. We may we'll figure, figure out, out the one terms of the days afterwards. that we're hanging out there. You and I will go to hole eighteen and, and we'll, we'll watch a couple <laughs> cards play. Yeah, do the dollar, we'll dollar, dollar yeah. bets. We'll, okay, we'll explain what happens uh, in the next. Show. Here's how I kind of want to. I don't want to wrap up the topic. I want to kind of direct it a little bit. So instead of talking about like, is this hole good? Is that hole good? Is this hole good? Is that so? Well, is I wanna, this? I want to know why Cole doesn't like well, eighteen. Hold on. Not everybody knows hole eighteen. I know it's a famous course. A lot of people do, but like this conversation, at some levels, isn't relevant for everybody. They're like, we don't know what you're talking about. As a course in and of itself, right? You're a touring player, Cole, Gannon, Ezra. You're gonna have to keep an eye out on this course. First time being there, Ella, like a first time player, one, a touring player, two, or an amateur. Um, what is it about this course that an am- would an amateur think this was a great course? Cole, do you think it changes based off of pro or not? Like touring pro or not? Do you think that opinion changes? Um, like you played, I, you played in that world championship event. Yeah. Like you played other layouts, other holes. Oh, I definitely love the amateur layouts at this course. So the course, Absolutely. so the conversation of the course, like the venue, are you saying that the venue's not great? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that the venue's not great. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that I don't. I don't like certain holes in the course okay. that that take that away Gannon from the likes. experience of me. What do you what do you mean the walkouts <laughs> when you were saying that earlier? Hole twelve I, I to thirteen, Nick. Yeah. So Big the walk, twelve to thirteen. So the walkouts. Oh, okay. Hole, uh, all right. I'm gonna say so the walking in between <laughs> holes. I'm gonna okay. say I'm gonna say hole hole one to two isn't great to start, and then hole 
um, eight to nine is brutal now because they changed that <laughs> that T pad, and then you have like 12, 10, 10 to eleven. Like that's terrible. Like, okay, that's probably more normal. Eleven to twelve, you're almost walking back mostly a Half whole the eleven. Yeah. Um, and then whole twelve to thirteen, you're walking straight up a hill for like three hundred feet, and then after thirteen, you walk straight back up a hill again to fourteen's T pad, and then you still walk two hundred feet. 250 feet to get to 15's T-pad. And I asked you, Cole, how far should you have to walk today? What did the, you say? At the at the <laughs> end of hole 16, you walk another 400 it's feet true. to 17's T-pad. It's true. So I think I think the next I think the next T-pad honestly should be within probably 150 feet. He changed Wait, it. He so, changed it. Okay, so <laughs> I don't. Did I, I say 100? You feet? said 100 feet earlier, 100 feet? and I'm like, that is I'd, so. I'd close. be okay with that too. I'd be okay yeah. with that too. I think 100 here's 150 why. feet would be normal. This this course was not designed in this modern age, and so to your point, it's not to say that it's not the best course. I could actually take that argument, say that Maple Hill is not the best course, but it was designed through evolution. We watched 2004 MSDGC like last night, and so to get to the point where the holes are longer, they would extend a basket placement. And then, or they'd push a tee pad back. And what that does is you're not designing a course from scratch. And so that's where you're getting your, what you're calling your walkouts, right? So like, I'm not here to defend that. They are long. That's why it is what it is. The evolution of the sport. So my, my, I'm not trying to hear, I'm not going to debate this right now. Maybe I'll do it later, but I do have more (laughs) questions on it. I want to think about, well, I'm going to use this example, but again, I, I'm maybe not everyone knows exactly what I'm explaining here, but hole eight to hole nine. Uh, it used to be hole eight. You have the eight holes, tons of fans. It's packed. They're rowdy. Hole nine is, that's maybe a, a little less than 100 feet, like 90 to 100 feet away from hole eight's uh, a uh, basket. Walk. You would rather have that where it's very close and you're now teeing off right next to a green where fans are getting excited. Or I'm also thinking about 17 to 18, where um, in, in my opinion, when I see that, it looks like a safety hazard, which I mean, thankfully it's not, and we, we don't hear things, but um, where a basket, uh, when you're putting at a basket, you're staring at the next tee. And if you miss, you could land on that tee. Um, so you would rather, like if you had a choice of which one you'd rather have, a uh, 300 foot walk or a basket right next to the tee pad very, very closely, would you rather have the very, very closely, like almost too close? I definitely, I don't, I don't necessarily love the eight to nine because like you can't control spectators and where they are. Like, I, I don't think it, I, th- I feel like, well, okay. So I'll start with 17, 17 to 18. I agree. That's probably not the best place to have a tee pad. I mean, that's with, that's like what circle two's edge from 17's basket, just deep. Um, so, but I mean like, yeah, I mean the, the T the upshot is short enough on 17 to where yes. you should, that's be, what I was going to bring up. You shouldn't be, yeah. you shouldn't, you shouldn't throw it that bad to get all the way back to 18's tee pad. But I definitely think that as far as whole eight to nine goes, like part of disc golf is playing with distractions, playing with loud people. I mean, that's what all disc golf is going to be. So I don't, I don't really know why, why we should technically change our tee pads just so that we don't have a distraction. Um, especially when it's just spectators and people where they are allowed to be where they are. Not like just not like we're teeing off right next to their cars on the road. That is something that sure you can control that a little bit more because cars have to drive through there, but I think there's just the way people are on hole eight. You can't really control that. Right. And, and hole nine is, is, is just was honestly just fine the, the way it was. So, so. To, to your point about a hundred feet or the, whatever it was, hole 17's basket to hole 18's tee pad currently is what you're saying you want. Cause that's what it is. Um, I'd say 
I'd say that maybe that's a little closer. Okay. I, I'd say <laughs> too I'd say close. You could go. You could go an extra shorter, fifty yeah. feet. See, one one of the things you could that, go an extra fifty feet. Okay. One yeah. of the things that you also got to think of is what is the shot happening next? Like, take whole. Um, give me a second. Take whole. Two, three. Like one's upshot. Someone could throw a very errant one shot on one. And it could go near where the walking path is on two. So, like, I don't think that's a good walk. You were talking about 11's, t- uh, well, 11's basket yeah, to 12. Six. People's drives on hole 11 can end up by 12's tee pad. Like, mm-hmm. it's a very, very tight course for that reason. I know that's been a lot of complaints that people have had in the past. Hole sixes drive. Bad shots go right where hole two's tee pad is. Like, there are things like that. Yeah. And then the walking... Now, a lot of people are explaining like walks from courses like hole 12 at Eureka, the water tower hole to 13 is a long walk. Hole three to four at Fox Run is USDGC a long walk. USDGC has the same thing to now, 17. Yeah, 17, 16 to 17 that's at USDGC. Now, having one or two of those on a course yes, is not the fine. end of the world. That's fine. Giving you know players a little bit of time, giving spectators time to move to the next spot. There's nothing bad about that. But if it is a constant thing of why the hell am I walking so far? You know, then it then it's a pain in the butt. That, I definitely agree with that. I'm okay with one to two, or maybe even even three. That just you need to get to another side of the course because that's just better flow for the rest of the entire course. But I definitely don't think it should be happening probably six times around. I I'm gonna do a one sentence debate. I'll keep it short, which is unusual for me. I I would rather have the best hole possible than short. Walks. I would rather have the best hole possible than having the easiest walk for players so like like i i care about the shots and what's a good shot better than i do cole i'm gonna say it your feelings that's fair oh. absolutely no i i totally agree <laughs> i would rather i would rather have an incredible shot sure if i have to make that walk to do an incredible shot then yes but <laughs> so i also good. think there could be ways like hold hold 12 for example like that tee shot honestly is just probably not a very good tee shot for this course for what you could probably do otherwise with that maybe you just make it a really long par three and then it gets it still it still has the difficulty of the hole but then you you eliminate another long walkout i don't know maybe there's things you can adjust maybe there's other things you that can't is adjust. one of the old holes but, that was on that course but yeah. i know gannon's been dying to speak on this <laughs> i already kind of have forgot what i was going to say but like i'm i'm not a fan of it um when you make the walk longer and the hole gets even worse so it's like like i for me, I don't like whole, new hole nine. It's a really long walk. It's, I mean, it's might be honestly my least favorite on the course. Um, but I also thought old hole nine was good. I think I think like, I think some. I enjoy having unique holes on the tour. There's a couple like very unique holes on a few courses on tour that I know has been in talks of getting taken away. Um, obviously, like hole nine here, I did get taken away. They obviously kind of kept the second part of the shot, but. The new tee shot, it kind of did the hole, I think is, it's going to play kind of weird because I like the old hole because if you threw like kind of a bad drive, it really made you make a decision on whether you're going to go for the green or not if you're out of position. Um, now with the new tee shot, it's of, like Colt did like one of the best shots I've, I have seen on the hole so far, actually the best shot, and he still basically has zero look for birdie. And um Sometimes tee shots are made to where like a disc has kind of, I mean, kind of has like a hard time flying that way. It's definitely possible, but it makes it so, so much more low percentage. And then you see what happens, especially on par fours that have dog legs. 
where the corner is very tight. It happens a lot at Northwoods as well. Um, where if you don't get to the exact perfect landing zone, like all it is is just a pitch up to the ideal landing zone. And I feel like that's not a, that exciting. Um, where like I'm a big I'm a big fan of like if you're out of position on a par four that you have a hero shot. And so that's why when you, we bring in these like kind of 90 degree angle holes, it kind of takes away from that. And I think it's a little bit less exciting. Um, and it can also kind of sometimes hurt the scoring spread because people aren't going for those those bigger shots, those more rewarding shots because they don't even have an option to. So that's why like, yeah, on hole nine when they added the longer walk and in my opinion, not as good as a hole. Um, that kind of just, I don't know. For sure. Now, to this point, Cole said he didn't like hole six. Gannon said it's a fine hole. So I'm sure Gannon can also agree that his opinion only means as much as the next players too. So Ezra sitting there and he hasn't seen the course. You're probably leaving right after the event next week, right? Yes. Okay. Well, we might have to do a quick little interview post tournament and see what your opinions are after having played it. So, well, he can just win and then that'll make it really easy. Yeah, I'll just do that because now you've heard their opinions on it. So, then who's the better Robinson? Ooh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> do we have recency bias? Isaac Robinson has never hey, go, won go full a disc screen golf on the silver event. There you go. So, all right, let me let me ask this question now. Go. This is actually kind of a perfect segue. You said silver event, Isaac's never won a silver okay. event. No, so choked. This was a question that I had teased out at the, the start of the show. What? Top, what top of the show, I, I teased out some of these topics, so we're here now. Are some silver events worth more than others? Points are points, right? Ella just talked about she felt like she should have won that one. Mm -hmm. But points are points. But I guess points set aside, are, are some silver events worth more than others? Is it just, it, like, how are you making that determination? Is it purely the field? Or is it like, no, the title? Like, the basic what is answer it? is no, they're all the same. If no. you win a Silver Series event, which you one would you rather win, though? Series which event? silver event would you rather win, uh, Ezra? Do what? Sorry. What silver event of the whole year would you rank as like, that's the one over all the others? Is there any like that stand out to you? Yeah, definitely the uh, 50th <laughs> Jim Palmieri one. There you go. Because I'm, I'm actually serious because I think it's the longest running tournament in the world. Wow. Continuously right. running. Continuously yeah. running. Wow. And, you know, you, you get, like, little ones, like, put up here and there, like the, what is that one? The one that gained the Blue Ridge the Championship? Blue Ridge, which or like, doesn't or like, matter. Or the 41st annual Kansas City Wide Open. That's nine worse than AFL? Yeah. Ex yeah, that's... <laughs> um, that's a joke. It was the 41st Kansas City Wide Open, and it was the 50th American Flying Disc yeah. Open. All right, G Gannon, let's hear it. Can we give the mic to Gannon? All right, here are my stats on whether, you know, silver events are the same. Move, your, move your phone away from the so, microphone. Yeah, now. something with a phone is they, buzzing. They, they I don't know whose other, it is. Yeah. Is that good? I don't know whose it is, keep, but we keep, keep hearing talking. buzzing. Hello, is that good? Yeah, it's fine. I don't know if it was yeah. you, though. Okay, I well. I think it's intern Ben. No, it was 100% <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to read you the MPO field at the most recent silver series. We have Eagle at 1044. I'm just going to go off ratings because... It's somewhat accurate over a you know span of the year, especially because we're all on tour, so it's all accurate that way. Um, Isaac at ten thirty six, Alden at ten thirty, uh, and then we have Evan Smith, Ty Love, and Evan Scott at ten twenty one, ten twenty three, and ten twenty eight. But they all didn't finish that well. But so I'm gonna go to my Blue Ridge win. I it was Calvin Heinberg, Ricky Wysocki. Why is this music playing? <laughs> 
Chris Dickerson, Kyle Klein, Matteo, Isaac Robinson, Kevin Jones, Nicolas Antola, James Conrad, Double G. So, I can't even talk. This is no, like my pity party. But basically, I'm just saying it It feels r really unfair, especially with, my, I feel like, my race with Isaac right now. Um, I mean, he basically just got handed, you know, like 20 disc golf pro tour points. And now he has me by 25 points. And now that's just going to affect the rest of my life because he'll get the... You made the choice not to go, though. I have no passport. You made the choice not to get a <laughs> okay, passport okay, no, this here, whole year. Here, here's my thing. I already have I have two silver wins in a second place, so I, I really couldn't really get any more points. Oh, so. that's a good point. Yeah, but um, you, like, yeah. could have gone to Europe and gotten more points at a major. because If now, you had a passport. Yeah, and, and now passport. you only have your two uh, worlds to do it. Sorry, two majors, excuse me. One of them being worlds. Uh, but I, I think points are super valuable that I think is a little bit understated. Um, Juliana Corver, I believe, went purely uh, out of her schedule to uh, go to this so she could get more points. She jumped into a spot where she's currently in the tour championship cutoff. That's something that has been her goal all season. Mm -hmm. uh, and by going, she got a lot of extra points. Isaac, I mean, maybe it was his same reason as well. He gets more points and he he's uh, a little bit uh, more in second place now. Uh, and so I think it's super valuable. Uh, Ella Hansen got points. She got 50 pro tour points. And um, there's also the disc golf pro tour United series where the top three get a payout mm -hmm. and Ella's firmly in second now she has a, a 50 point lead over holland hanley uh on statmando.com actually nice <laughs> uh missy is winning um she's at 377.25 points ella hansen you're at 347.0 holland hanley's at 297.75 uh krista tatar is down in 18th she of course only has played one united series event and won it and got 150 Seriously. points being the <laughs> world champion but do want to uh share that you know it's always fun to yeah. try to pick out the outliers very cool yeah <clears throat> everyone looks at me uh to get, continue the show because that's what i do <laughs> Uh, you said you had all the topics. Yeah, no, I got stumbled because someone in the chat is trying to razz me. And I don't usually get razzed by it, but there you go. Where have they opened a building where in the past, it, you know, it's, it was right after Waco and every single player on the tour played Belton, but it was still a silver series. Yeah. But it was an elite series field, almost exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if really if any people's ever skipped Belton. Um, I know I remember in 2022 last year, so. Yeah, I agree. A, on lot, that. a lot of people. That was yeah. last year. I remember that being one of the highest. Yeah, that Paul fields. Macbeth, yeah, yeah. Ricky Wysocki battle was very cool there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's been a lot of other good silver events, and I think some stand out more than others. Like, I think if you pulled, you know, your average pro, like, would they rather win, like, not even points and not even what the field was there? Would you rather win the Beaver State Fling compared to, you know, just another uh, silver event? And I think a lot would want to win that event, being at a, a famous course that a lot of people love at yeah. Malibu Kiver. I think there's a lot of other situations like that. Some people might like a hometown win. I mean, I think to Allie Smith, she won Kansas City wide open. Yeah. She probably liked that one a lot better than winning in California or mm -hmm. Texas if there was a silver event in California, which there's not. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a bad one. Uh, Use an example. But I think those can matter a lot to people. And so uh, different events can mean different things as far as hometown points, strength of fields, all these different things. Look, when Ella is 85 years old and telling her, you know, potential grandchildren that she has one day about this win. She's just going to say that she won a Silver Series event. She's not going to say, oh, there's only seven people at it. Well, you know? yeah. And hopefully, she might she's going to tell people that she, she might. kicked ass at that event. She, she can talk about how she everyone. won an elite event before Holland Hanley exactly. and you know, won 10 majors. All I have to say is the Pro Tour needs to change the points so that it's like 
depends on how many people are in the field yes. and all that Ooh. stuff. Okay, I'm going to leave. Thank you all. Bye. Bye, you, Ella. That's a good note to end on. She's actually out. I so agree. Yeah, if there's not enough people in the field, just make it a B tier instead. So a lot of hot takes well, okay, so now it's hot down here. I think it's adding to it. That's We've that's tough because they schedule most of these events prior to the season or some of them during the season if they have to make up something. But I like the idea of changing up the points. If I don't. I'm going to say that. Ooh, I think that's a terrible idea. Oh. Now, didn't you say that when Ella was here, huh? You didn't want to get happy. into a fight. I didn't want to say it to her face. <laughs> um, no, I, I guess I would have. It would have been all in good fun. Yeah. Uh, but no, I actually, I think it'd be more complicated. I mean, people already don't like how complicated disc golf pro tour points is, which I don't think they're that complicated. But I, I get, I look at guy. them a lot more. Literally, it makes more sense to me. Though. Yes. Uh, and I <laughs> thanks. Uh, we got bottles flying everywhere here. Um, yeah, I, I think it makes more sense. I mean, I'm sure people could say, you know, maybe we don't want an event before or after Worlds. I'll let people argue that as much as they want. Um, but I think if there's a silver event, whether people show up or not, I think it should be worth the same as all the other silver events. Um, it should be planned ahead of time. I don't think just because people drop, people get injured, that it means you get less points. I feel like that's a bad precedent to set. I wouldn't like to see that. I'll also say this. The scheduling of it was very tough i think personally i mean the last month of disc golf has been deglo week off worlds disc mania open mvp open uh u.s women's throw pink and then finale all in a pretty solid like especially in the fpo division it's with the u.s women's and the throw pink going i think also back to back like it is a grind right now for these players and why a lot of them probably didn't go up to Canada is 14 hour drive from Vermont, 10 and a half hour drive back here. That's a lot for a small field where, yeah, maybe if there was 30 or 40 people or maybe if, you know, more players in the MPO division went to it, then, yeah, I think more people sign up for it. But scheduling wise, it was scheduled very, I don't want to say poorly because it kind of it is what it is, but it was scheduled yeah. Unfortunately, there, if there's it, clearly if, oh, sorry, if, it's, ahead, if it's if it's an elite series, I bet you get probably at least like seven or eight of the top ten in the tour standings up there. Like, because there, I think I think you get points. I think you get all the that. people that are in like thirty fifth to fortieth as well because they're Absolutely. trying to get some extra points. Yep. Yeah, it's silver that you only count your top three. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, like Gannon was saying, I mean, not everyone's won two silvers and yep. had other good finishes, but um, a lot of people feel like they can't earn as many points as they want because they yep. have three good enough finishes. Um, so I understand more reason why to, yeah. to not go like but. i think those people trying to who maybe haven't done well at silver series in the past like if anything the the few the limited coverage that i was able to watch of this tournament it didn't look like a massive bomber course it didn't look like it was the hardest course that we've seen on tour this could have been a great opportunity for a couple of those people to really shine i mean we had players like andrew fish is an incredible disc golfer but not as much on the tour right now. It's his first year of full-time touring, but this was a tournament that Andrew Fish ended up doing well at. I think at least after round two, he was in like second or third place. Yeah, I think so he you, finished pretty well too. Yeah, so you have players like that who potentially need those points, and this would have been perfect for them. But then you also have the top players who, yeah, they want to pick up a number, another win because maybe it's a commemorative disc that they're getting out of it. Yeah. Eagle might get, you know a new cloud breaker because he won a silver event. Who knows? But that's a lot of these Great players point. like Ella might get, you know, a new commemorative disc because of this win. So not only did she win, you know, 1700 to $2,000, whatever it was, but she'll also make money off of the commemorative disc that is coming out. So, yep. Okay. 
No, that's good. Can we wrap right. it up there? So yeah. we just got news that we're giving away another pair of USDGC tickets VIP. Sick. So what we're going to do is ask somebody on the panel over there to come up with something that has a number or an answer related to it that people can guess. And we'll open up the phone calls again uh, to give this away. In fact, while we're doing that, uh, let me pull out of here. Let me. There you go. You can see on screen if you're watching live. Look at these cool passes. VIP. USDGC. This is the VIP pass. You'll get a pair of these. You can check it out and get your tickets at usdgc.com slash, I think it's tickets. Let me double check. I put it in the details of the show. Yes, usdgc.com slash tickets. Does anybody on the panel have a number or a question that somebody could try to call in and answer? And you could like text me the answer so I can confirm or deny. Anybody on the panel? What do you got? Anything? This is on the, the the spot. USDGC VIP tickets. Oh no! Who has who has the most elite series wins on the pro tour? Do we know the answer to that? On just disc golf pro tour events, is what you want to know? MPO, yeah. FPO, including silver series. Ben, can you pull the call up? You want all elite and silver? I'm guessing including the tour championship, but not including majors and no, not including not national majors. tour. Okay, you're going to have to give me the answer. The phone yeah. calls are opening up. Well, yeah, you're going to have to give me like <laughs> under a minute and I can okay. pull it up. Okay. So not including majors, but including Do, do we Silver Series and Elite Series? Yeah. So do you have something? Wait, do, do yeah. NTs, NTs don't count? Talk just, into the microphone if you can. Just while we're waiting for him to look up the actual question, a little side question could be, how many strokes did I beat Ganon by in the last round of DDO when we were playing together? Is that better? That's well, people, people could look it up. Yeah. Well, yeah, but super fast. They're on the call right now. Yeah. yeah. All right. How do we want MPO beat me? Okay. By we have a live caller lined up. Wait. So which which question are we gonna do now? Because hold on, the caller's calling in. First of all, what question are you answering for? Because it's changed a few times. So what question are you trying to answer? Oh, you got to shut off your YouTube because you're hearing it delayed. Can you hear us? You're live on the Nick and Matt show. Um. Yeah, yeah, I can I can hear you. Okay, great. Um, so what question are you answering? The most, the most like elite series wins, DGPT. Okay, Evan, do you, Evan, did you get anything lined up for this or not? I, I have the most uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour and silver wins of all time, MPO or FPO. We got to choose who it one. Is. Who's done the most? Oh, well, who? Okay. I don't know. Okay. I thought Kristen it was going to be a Tatar. number. She's so saying Kristen Tatar. Kristen oh, Tatar does not I have the most Disc Golf Pro Tour wins of... Okay. Elite or silver. Christian no, that Tatar is not, is not the answer. We apologize. Wow. Thank, thank you, you very much. In, yeah. Thank you very much. All right. Let's get another one here. Do, do, do. All right. All right. So that's the question we're going with. So everyone in the chat. And the phone Sorry. call that we just answered. Yeah. The phone call that we just answered. We are doing it to where who has the most Elite Series and Silver Series wins combined on the, on the Disc, Disc Golf Pro Tour. You can answer in the MPO division or. The FPO division? Sure. So okay, here you go. You're answers. on the call. If go you're hearing it. us in your phone, you're live. All right, I'll go with Paul McBeth. Paul McBeth does not have the most Disc Golf Pro Tour wins in Elite and Silver events. No go for Paul McBeth, but thank you so much for calling in. If we included national tours and majors, that would be correct. But for Disc Golf Pro Tour only, it is not correct. All right, we just answered another phone call. What is your answer? Paul McBeth does not... <laughs> You are live on the Nick and Matt show. What is your answer to the question? 
If Ricky Wysocki. Ricky Wysocki. Ricky Wysocki has the most MPO disc golf pro tour ding, wins. Ding, 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 ding. Is this for two Silver passes or one pass? This is a two. This is a pair. Where? What's your name and where are you from? Jason Porter, and I'm from Rock Hill. Oh, oh, that's perfect, Jason Come Porter on. from Rock Hill. You just what won two chances? VIP passes to the USDGC this year, and we are going to get you all hooked up with that. Matt, I'm going to let you take it away. How can he get these tickets? Uh, I'm actually texting him right now. He has uh, been contact us with us before over a few things like this. He's, awesome. He says, "I just this is previous text back in June 12th. It says, I just want to say Gannon Burr. That was June 12th, so there you go. Nice. Um, Gannon Burr is in studio. If you're a fan of Gannon Burr, do you have any questions you want to ask him specifically? Not putting no, it on the spot. Not really. okay, he said, not no, really. not really. <laughs> I love it. Dang. He grabbed the microphone oh, and everything. No. USDGC winner right there, though. Yeah. Do you think he's going to repeat? No. I would love to see that. Okay. He said he would love to see you repeat. Look at that. Hey, at least he's a, that's, that's a true fan right there. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> no questions for you, but wants to see the repeat. Yes. So, yes. Okay. Well, Jason, thank you so much. We very much appreciate it. And thank you for tuning into the show. Absolutely. We're going to stay in contact. I'll send you, if this phone number is good, I'm going to send it over to the event planners there and they'll get you the passes. Cool. Thank you. All right. Have a good evening. Bye. Dude, people keep calling in. I'm going to shut it down here soon. Okay. Um, Perfect. All right. So moving into the last little outro portion here, Um, any projection? You guys have been playing in the rain quite a bit in practice and Ezra, You've never played here. So let me ask Ezra first. Based off of how horrible a review you heard tonight from Cole, are you excited to play Maple Hill? <laughs> I'm very excited. Um, I like playing courses that people hate. So this should be fun. Goals. <laughs> I do not hate Maple Hill. I do not hate Maple Hill. I enjoy Maple Hill. I do not enjoy the walkouts, but if we need them in order to have an incredible course on the Disc Golf Pro Tour and some good holes, then I'm okay with it. And obviously the walkout should not be the defining factor of the actual holes on the course. So that is the the walkouts, I think, was blown out of proportion. But I also do believe I still have a strong take on hole 18 if you let me take it. Great. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Wrap it out with your strong take. I'll play some sad music as you talk. Okay. I do not like Hole 18 because of the low lowered T pad. The rise and late flip is just not okay. <laughs> so I'm just saying Hole 18 is probably one of the worst Hole 18s we have on tour now that they've changed it. Um, but the rest of the course is solid. Um, it'll be great for a playoff event this year. I'm looking forward to playing it. Um, but yeah, hole 18 is, uh, not, not ideal. I also do not love the green. I think the green is kind of gimmicky. Okay. I'm not going to agree with Cole on that one, but the tee shot, absolutely. twisting the dagger into yeah. the hearts it's of all good. Maple Hill fans, yeah. me, myself included. I was about to say me. Sorry, Cole. not sorry. I guess that makes sense. Nobody too. Yeah. asked for an autograph from Cole as we <laughs> Dang. So as I said, Cole hates MVP. Dang. <laughs> hey, right, Matt, I have points from Worlds if we wanted to go over that. Oh, I was, yeah. I was a, as a close pop lock as a close out. In. Yeah. By yeah. the way, we're dropping drop. We won't do that anymore. Oh, we're soft. Yeah. Uh, you can always do it every week the if best you want. Part, man. Real talk, I don't much. have it in front of me, but I won, oh. I won drop by a mile. It Did wasn't you? close. So it was like I, I have a question, points. and this will be asking the touring professionals. For 
our show, we did pop, lock, and drop to where it was literally, who do we think is going to pop off? Who are we locking in to win the tournament? And then who do we think is going to suck that week? Realistically, like who's going to have a like, bad do week? Do worse Isaac than their Robinson. average. And that's that's not at all average. how we worded it. It was literally who's going to do worse than their average. Yes. Like the worst to their average. So we're kind here. Now let's, say, now let's say I, you know, pop off is Cole Rodolin. My lock to win the event is Ezra, Robin, <laughs> Ezra Robinson. And then my due to just not play well at this event is Ganon Burr. Are you taking offense to that in the sense of like, yo, screw Nick Carl. He's trash. Like, are you taking offense to it if I said, yeah, I, I just don't think this is Gannon's week? No. Okay. See, I don't think we should no, drop drop that. Yeah. I mean, my, my putting is at an all-time low right now. So, you know, I used to never think that was going to be an issue for me, but it it's really biting me in the butt right now. <laughs> so I, I, was, I actually agree with you on this. <laughs> All right. Well, I know, you know my what? drop for this week. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know what that means? Like, I'm just thinking about Ganon Burr missing cash at DDO. <laughs> Game's not good. What happens the very next week? He won a two round event. <laughs> oh, was it really two rounds? Wasn't what? Des Moines two rounds? Oh, we got it. No. We finished the round. Oh, that's no, he didn't. No, it was it was just two rounds, wasn't it? No, it was two rounds, which made it harder because there were yeah, more that's people, why he has the highest cash per there throw. There were more people in contention. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Okay. for the wow, final this round. Gone by fast. It was harder. Yeah, harder he missed to cash win. and then won a two rounder, dude. That's like a B tier. I'm not going to belittle the two rounder part. I'm gonna now say, we're going to fight. <laughs> I'm going to say that Ganonbur followed up a I'm a, a poor performance at DDO with a very good performance with a win at Des Moines. Yeah. So I, if you're not feeling the best, Ganon, I will still take you by next weekend. Thank you. That's the faith yeah, I have. At least I have one friend in this room. <laughs> yeah, didn't you, Gannon, didn't you, you have a lot of people Mid America too with a great uh, last putt? I did. Flushed up a bit. Yeah, it was really, really clutch. All right. Game felt terrible that week. Too. I'm going to move on to the points. Gannon, have um, you ever said your game has felt good? Yeah. When you won USCGC? My game felt good last year at Green Mountain MVP and USCGC and Pro Tour Finals. So my last four events last year felt really good. I actually haven't had a week where everything is super dialed. It kind of just feels like I'm making it work instead of it feels more natural that's kind of what i've had to say gotcha. I guess. wow can i just say what an episode we packed the house last year and it was a lot very cool some people absolutely loved it some were like you need to give everybody a microphone and then i was like that'd be yeah. pure chaos uh, i think tonight was awesome having ella in studio mm -hmm. after her first disc golf pro tour win uh cole you get the closing thoughts here because you won. We didn't start the show off with this, but like you won the backyard barbecue first iteration ever. Um, what did it take to win that? I mean, the field wasn't that weak. No, not at all. I mean, <laughs> do you say weaker than Canada? No, better. Yeah, I think Much it was. I think it was. You really have. Uh, I mean, you have some. You have some heavy hitters. Um, you know, sixth place finisher at Worlds, Gannon. Um, you know, just. Sometimes you just gotta, you know, pretend like you're going up against an amateur, and sometimes that makes it easier. So, um, no, I, I, I think, I think it was super fun, and I was really kicking myself in the first 18 holes, and then <laughs> somehow I found my putting and absolutely obliterated the putting track. And then, you know, it was good to find find the game in that last final six holes when it was thrown on me that I actually didn't have a one-stroke <laughs> league going into there. Um, I was actually pretty taken back by that, so I missed the first hole and then birdied out to to win with a nice little 35-footer on the last hole. But uh, How were yeah. the um, 
How were the walkouts yeah. on this course? The, the walkouts were very, very nice. I think all of them were within 100 feet or so, so that, that was definitely what very do you, helpful. What do you think about the backups, Cole? Uh, what do you got to say about that, the backups? Um, the backups, you know, the, it was part It was part of the event. You know, it's, it's how you mentally prepare for the next shot, and it's how you, it's how you move forward. And, you know, Gannon, thanks for trying, dude. Um, I know you really wanted that title as well, but uh, the baskets you know, were rude. The, the back and the and, and, and you know we can we can go on we can go on and on about the baskets, no, but at, at the at the at the at the end of the day, you got to adjust to your surroundings and the equipment that you're playing on to in order to win a tournament. And uh, I feel like that's what I did better than uh, anybody else. Just so. adjust to the course and MVP. Walk, <laughs> walk better. <laughs> I plan on it. All right, so you won. Uh, we're going to try to do it again, and I think it'd be great. Everyone who was invited to that will be re-invited, first right of refusal. So I don't know, Cole, if you'll be back, but if you want to try to defend it, we'll, we'll do it again. Oh, yeah, and I have a Glitch World Championship to defend next year as well, so I'm oh I'm, I'm feeling pretty good yeah, this week. Totally. I did, too. All right, can, uh, can I? I, I just, oh, DGA. I just, whoa, want, whoa, whoa. DGA. I just want my flowers. I got second place in MA1 for the Glitch World Championship. Thank you. I got obliterated by a 12-year-old, but I came in second. <laughs> yeah, not just a 12-year-old. And then close good. out the points, Evan, and we'll start the music when you're getting close. Yeah, all right. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll cover DJ, the lock points next week, exactly how it breaks down, but pretty much you know, the better they play, the better points you get. If they finish bad, you get negative. Uh, Matt, you take down the lock for the first time we do it with 25 points, thanks to your Calvin Heimberg top five and a Kristen Tatar win. Uh, Nick and I also picked Kristen Tatar, so we got points there, but we didn't get any on the MPO side. I picked Ricky Wysocki. Nick picked Paul McBeth, who both finished just outside the top 10. So we didn't get any yeah. negative. Ben, you got 10 points for your Missy Gannon pick, who finished second, but unfortunately didn't win to Kristen Tatar. And you also picked Ricky Wysocki alongside me. And then over to the pop points. Uh, we'll bring it in uh, season totals pretty shortly because we're getting up there now. Uh, but in last place this week, we have Ben at negative 89.96 points. He picked Macy Villadiaz and Tristan Tanner. Macy Villadiaz did play better than her average, getting him four and a half-ish points. But Tristan Tanner, unfortunately, finished 145th. Lost a lot of points there. Uh, in third place, we have Nick with negative uh, 31.7 points. Picked Ezra Robinson and Alexis Mandahano. Uh, you am failed I doing, me. Uh, Actually, no, I got no, right. Ezra... Uh, Alexis... Yeah, Ezra. I think Alexis failed me. Yeah, Alexis yeah. Uh, got you negative thirty-four points. Ezra finished fifteenth, two better than his average. You were the only one to pick an MPO player to go positive. Uh, Let's go, but dude. Wasn't enough to get you to that uh, win in the pop picks. Comes down to me and Matt. Oh, and the I'm winner excited. was me once again again uh once again uh evelina salonen carried me to victory she uh got me 14 points by finishing in fourth way above her average i picked jason hebenheimer who unfortunately got a 66 place he was top 30 all weekend and would have got me a lot of points but he was negative 24 matt picked joel freeman and holland uh, sorry joel freeman and holly finley who both finished below their average but not by too much so you're still under negative 20 points yeah wow. how did matt beat me and both of his players got <laughs> just, negative so it's not negative by a lot it's not negative by a lot, and that's yeah. all you need. Not makes sense. Well, oh man, we got MVP open, but we are not prepared for pop picks. So I guess we'll have to skip MVP open. We'll bring it back for US women's. Yeah. Sounds right. good. Nick. Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the Nick and I show. I want to thank all the guys sitting over on the couch for hanging out with us on this wonderful Monday night. I am gonna go to kind of a more serious note for a second, but 
Today is 9-11. Let's never forget what happened on this date many, many years ago. And let's try to rally together as America. Think about the day after that event happening. Everything, you know, I say it every single week. Tell someone you love them. You never know when someone's going to be gone from your life. That's pretty much what I'm trying to say. Tell someone you love them this week. Comment, like, subscribe, all those good things to our videos. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Shout out to everyone I, playing MVP and good luck. I'm doing my picks. We don't have to do draws, but Ganon Burr for the win and Kristen Tatar. Simon Lazar, Kristen Tatar. Simon Lazar, oh, Kristen. Man, what do you I'm got? Nowhere near you right. have to say it. I, I like. I can't even think of players right. I, I'll go Cole. Okay, go. Cole and who for FPL? Come on, Cole. You hate the uh, course. Let's Kristen. Ezra, Ro uh, my Tatar. pick. My pick is Ezra Robinson and Elahanson. All right, cool. We got the picks. Peace out, everybody. Peace. Evan, you're cool. Ben, you're cool. I have to look over and see who's there. Oh, yeah. Cole, Gannon, Ezra, Nick. This is a lot in studio. Ellen, and thanks Ezra's for wife. coming on. Oh, and Ezra's wife? I didn't know she was yeah. there. Awesome. She's thanks. Chilling. Ezra's wife, you're cool, too. Peace out, everybody. Peace. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find The Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.